cheers to episode 40. To the 4-0. To the cheers. Big 4-0. The big 4-0. Water. Coffee. Coffee. I'm drinking water. Coffee at 8 o'clock, man. You're going to be up late. I just do it for my squad. I do it for the listeners. I want to give you some energy out the gates. I want this show to be spicy. Today, tonight, Sunday, October 3rd, spooky season. Ooh. Give me your best. Ooh. Ooh. Evan. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 8.09 p.m. And... It's 2021. 2021. And Urban Meyer has taken a page out of Elaine Kiffin's playbook. <laughs> I did not expect the show to start with that. No. Yeah. Good for him, man. Getting out on the town. Yeah, it feels good. Thursday loss. I've been a lifelong Urban Meyer's a scumbag guy. And, you know, sometimes it feels good to get reminded that he is. What did he do wrong, man? He just had a bar. Well, uh, when his team's 0-4... And his wife was at home watching the kids. So his kids are old. She tweeted out, "Like I'm at home while Urban's out." She, it's she like pretty awkward. Do it? Oh wow! She quote tweeted a picture of him with like two other guys at the bar, and then the pictures came out and video came out. I saw the video. <laughs> One of the videos at least. And then there was several pictures he took with fine co-ed ladies, I think, in Columbus. So. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't plan to start there because there's a lot of other things to talk about. But I, sometimes you just gotta kick someone from Ohio State when they're down. All right then. Besides that, um, and maybe you guys had as an eventful weekend as Urban Meyer did. Um, I would love for a story like that to come out from one of your guys' mouths here in the recap of how was your week. But would either of you like to start with how your week slash weekend was since we last recorded? I can go first. Okay, you should it's go first. It's not super then. exciting. Uh, week Don't say that. was standard. And then uh, Friday, didn't do much. Went to the local townie bar with a friend of the program, Drew. And then uh, Saturday, I watched the Michigan game and then went to a wedding. I was a uh, plus once. So I didn't know anybody at the wedding at all. So you'd think it'd probably suck a lot, but it wasn't too bad. Everyone was really nice, you know, free booze, open bar, food was good. They, I think Evan, you'd appreciate it. They had uh, the buffet, but it was like barbecue. So they had brisket, oh. you know, a lot of your like barbecue favorites. So oh. food was phenomenal. Keep had, talking. Had an ice cream bar, which was pretty sweet. I'm sure you would have liked that as well. Can we slow down? Yeah. Can we slow down on the barbecue part real quick? You want me to like talk about it? Coleslaw? You know, they didn't have coleslaw. But yeah, let's redeem ourselves here. Um, you want me to just talk about it? Brisket, cold. pulled chicken, multiple sauces, mm. mashed potatoes, mm. corn, uh, something else. Bread, muffins or something. I don't know. But yeah, you know, it was a good spread. It's good stuff. Was the groom wearing jeans? Yeah, they uh so the groom and the groom's men wore a dress shirt, vest, and then jeans. It's quite the fit. I don't know how I feel about it. I saw a video and it's a power move. That it's different. It's a power move. I wasn't expecting it. It's comfortability. It made me feel overdressed. Wrangler. Whoa. Wrangler wedding jeans. <laughs> uh, yeah. The bride and the bridesmaids, they wore standard. So did you, the question that all of our sports fans, did you stream the Michigan State game during Sunday? Uh, not, 
not really. A couple times. I'd pull, pull it up just to see if we're on offense or on defense, watch a couple plays, and then put it down. So does your opinion matter on this week's game? I watched most of it back. So, I mean, it was 21-3. to At that point, I didn't feel like I needed to be invested in every play. Must be nice. And I didn't want to get yelled at um, by my date for just watching football the whole time, hmm. which was fair. A business decision. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Um, let's see. We can review. Boston tough nail biter um, in flag football again. We're zero and two. I don't know what it's like to have a losing record in flag football. Relinquish um, the QB duties. Conversations really. need to be had. Uh, you know, you just gave up a couple tough plays when it can't happen, and you know that's why you lose the game. Well, and Evan, the elephant in the room. Then you can you, know, <laughs> you can be a good team player if, if some of the people do listen to this show. But sounds like. To save team chemistry, uh, you're not the QB anymore. Which is surprising. Um, you know, most of the people, I don't know most of the people. Um, you know, they're like friends of friends that get invited on. And, you know, one kid, I guess, played quarterback in high school and he was good. And I'm not fighting anybody to play quarterback for flag football, and I am. So um, if you wanted to do it, I said, go ahead. And you wanted to do it. That's a good How rule. Do you do? It's a good rule to live by, you know, like don't fight anyone to play quarterback and I am football. How does he do that? Was it? He did well. He did well. Blink twice if you're lying. I'm not going to blink twice because it's not his fault. There's some people on our team that physically just can't catch. So <laughs> sounds like they should be uh, fired. I just can't. Um, let's see, rest of the week. Yes, yeah, so a redemption game Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Field 2, be there, be loud, get ready. Pack the woodshed. But, <laughs> yeah, at the woodshed. Keep chopping, baby. It's about the next game. Um, let's see, went to the movies Thursday and Friday, back to back days. So the same exact movie. Review? Because I, uh, I've heard mixed reviews on it. Wait, what do you see? Venom. I saw Venom. Oh. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. No spoilers, though, please. Spoil it. Uh, No spoilers. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. Would like there to be more action. Would like the movie to be longer. Um, You could always nitpick, you know, but... uh, Was there too much comedy? Venom, the character... I mean, there was comedy in the first one, so if you didn't think there was going to be more comedy, then I think you're you're missing the point. Okay. You have to stay for the ending. Um... Rookies, you know, they get up and leave before the end credit scene, and the end credit scene is mind blowing. So you have to stay and watch that. And I saw like 15, 20 people leave as soon as the movie got over with. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> that makes me think the way you frame that is you said you went back to back days in the same movie on Friday night. Were you yelling at people to stay? I did not. I did not voice up. I just saw those people and I turned to uh, uh, Cody and Hunter and I said, Look at these idiots leaving. <laughs> Would you? I like picture Evan standing up in the alternate universe, but you know, guys, the best part's coming. I saw it last night. So you saw Nice Lansing with uh, the Nice Lansing with Luke and uh, Cam, and then uh, Cody invited me, and I didn't want to feel left out on Friday night back in the hometown. So I said yes to the movies. And as we discussed, I mean, MJR—they basically the chairs basically massage your butts. Didn't go there. Oh, we went to Imagine. Yep, Imagine's better. Popcorn's better. Customer service is better. It's probably the only reason why we went there. You know, just enjoy the drive a little bit. You know, enjoy the company that you're going with. More time um, to talk about the movie afterwards. Yep. Yep. Um, Saturday. Uh, you know, watch college football as much as possible. And then I had a wedding in the afternoon. Um, congrats on getting married. Yeah, congrats. 
Um, wedding was fun, you know. Okay, tried to stay up to date, but it was super dumb. I I did not get married, Grant. I went to a wedding. <laughs> I know that was a bad joke. I realized, but really stupid. That's like it's like telling jokes is like hitting the major leagues. You know, you go three for ten. That's still Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, I'll never have to worry about my own wedding. So chop me, Evan. Jeez, uh, come on. <laughs> So dark, you know, on a football Sunday. Oh, there is a funny story from the wedding, actually. Um, so which the friend of the show, Drew, he was there. Um, we were the life of the party. We owned the dance floor, and that's that's one hundred percent fact. Um, there's some pictures floating out there in uh, the family groups that uh, if you your hands on, you're gonna want to save it for the rest of your life. Really? So on this morning, I was like, yikes. That's Maybe just cool. send it to I us mean, so I, we can see it. I looked good in it. I think you should. Send I can't even. I can't right even. Now I, can't even reaction. I can't even picture what this. <laughs> I don't like. have it. I don't have the picture. <laughs> Who does? Um, Dina and my mom do. I knew it was Dina. She had to have it. You know, at a wedding, you always look for the single females there, and there was a couple of cute ones. And um, I don't have like I'm too much of a chicken to go up and like talk to anybody in a public setting, especially when your parents are there cheering you on to do it. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> bad not stuff. Doing that. <laughs> and so she was like never on the dance floor ever and she like sit at her table and like socialize with like looked like her family and then um there was this old country western song that came on and i'm like what was it i walked off the dance floor to get like a drink or whatever she comes running onto the dance floor and starts dancing with someone you know who she started dancing with true nope my dad really Yep. And so the girl that I had ads on the entire night, she danced with one guy there and it was my dad. <laughs> wow. You're never living that down. Yeah. This sounds like an American no, Pie movie plot. <laughs> like, what are the chances? <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. So it was kind of embarrassing. I was just like, you know what? I lost. I lost. To and I dad. was screaming at him afterwards, probably a little too drunk, just screaming at him, saying, brag about it, brag about it, dad. You know, um, but other than that, you know, that was my weekend. Woke up super hungover this morning, so we're here, though. Just had a clear Here, <laughs> uh, Evan goes up to her, like, taps on her shoulders, like, hey, you know, same genetics. So <laughs> you had the old bull, now you want the young calf. I want the young calf. Debatably another terrible joke. No, that was pretty good. Everyone knows that movie. Uh, hangover means it was a good wedding. That's it. Did you have a hangover this morning, Alex? Slightly. Not too bad. Nice. My weekend consisted of taking on the behemoth that is East Lansing, Michigan. Without um, us, shocking. I've been out there almost every week. Probably the first time there. I've ever gone to East Lansing without either of you being there. I I feel comfortable saying that. I don't think you would ever yeah, have a reason to. And let me just tell you, like I know for people that are listening, they're going to be like, Grant, didn't you understand what they were describing last time? But like, it's one of those things where you have to see it in person. What you guys talked about the night scene there and the lines and everything. It is a zoo. Uh, I don't know what what street is that called? Like the one right off of Grand River that Dublin and Fieldhouse and all them are Abbott. on. Abbott. Abbott. So that road, like you just pull in there and it's just a sea of humanity, like 20,000 plus people. It feels like it's, it's definitely not that many people, but it feels like that many people. And, uh, as you guys kind of describe the different bars, like you really visualize the line wrapping around in the parking garage for Rick's. And you also look at the line of Rick's and it's just all 16 year olds. And you can just easily tell like <laughs> these kids are way too young. And then obviously Harper's is to the moon. So that was Friday night. Ended Where'd up, you end up going in? Though? Ended up getting into Fieldhouse 
probably had to wait like 15 minutes. It's probably the smallest line if I had to guess. Yeah, there was one bouncer that kept came up trying to be all cool. Like, you guys can cut this whole line 20 bucks a person. It's like, okay, buddy. Like, no chance anyone's doing that. Uh, briefly, though, some storytelling from waiting in Fieldhouse line. Uh, also on Abbott now, a, a new thing that's uh, a trend I, I'm on top of that's growing is people love to rev their engines a lot on that road now because there's so many people to try to like show off their car. Uh, and in one case, some guy was on a crotch rocket, uh, which I said that phrase to some people this weekend and they didn't really know what it was. And I was like, that's a pretty common, you know, just a small little bike that goes pretty fast and you can make it rev and because it's a rocket right on your crotch and you're just flying. So he does that. He revs and we see him go down the street, you know, towards Dublin. And then I guess, you know, fast forward like two minutes later, the guy is getting beat up in the pinball P alley. By like three dudes. The guy on the crotch The guy on the crotch rocket. And what I was told from the security guards at Fieldhouse, they said saw it. He apparently, this is all speculation, like almost hit a group of people or something. And then maybe like circled back and the guys like just grabbed him off of his bike and started beating him up. And I kid you not, he was, this was the guy on the crotch rocket was tiny. You kind of have to be to ride one of those things. And the guy beating him up was like six, five, like built and was holding it was such a embarrassing scene for the guy. It? Yeah, on the bike, the guy is holding like the crotch rocket driver's helmet, bike helmet, in his left hand and just wailing on him with his right, and like controlling his shirt. And then they get pushed up against a car, and then these old, this old, uh, these old mom and dad come out of Jolly Pumpkin, and this like dad in this Michigan State cues it like walks up like, hey, hey, what's going on? And then he just like, nah, never mind, walks away. And the craziest thing is like, how'd this end? 250 people are just watching this and doing nothing about it. Like, I mean, in this, this kid area. seems like he was it's in just some right, serious danger. Right in that alley of Pinball Pete's, like, on the road. And I swear there were security guards standing there, like, 20 minutes ago, and they just were nowhere to be found. Nobody from security of Fieldhouse or Jolly Pumpkin or Barrio was doing anything about it. Just let it happen. And then, basically, they just, like, told the guy with the bike to get lost, and they just stole his bike. So that guy just got his crotch rocket stolen right on Jesus. in front of 300 people. And no one did anything. No one did a thing. I mean, I get that <laughs> the kid probably on a crotch rocket deserved to get his ass beat. Well, that's all speculation. We don't know if he tried I don't it. really know. Yeah. I'm just assuming if it, that escalated to steal his bike yeah. on top of it Gone. while everyone's just standing there watching. And like the people that are up top in Fieldhouse at the patio are just like egging out like, yeah, fight, fight. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. Sure, God. Yeah, so that happens. Um, <laughs> terrible. Finally get into Fieldhouse. And I'm just going to say this um, for whoever works there, whoever owns that bar. Just turn the decibels down like two clicks. That bar, <laughs> that Fieldhouse in East Lansing plays music way, way too, too loud. loud. The music they choose is fine. Although they played a couple of TikTok songs. They played, what was it? They played one like really cringy TikTok song. And I was like, wow. Like, it's when I felt like I was too old to be in a bar. I was like this, like in that bar. I was like, this is ridiculous. Hold on to your seats for this one. So I think I saw two people fall in love uh, at Fieldhouse on Friday night in East Lansing. You know, some people say love at first sight doesn't exist. I would argue after what I witnessed, it does, or at least like lust at first sight does. So they these this couple just starts making out. I mean, aggressively making out, tongue down throats in like a big circle of people in our group that were there just... just couldn't even think about dancing or mind our own business. You're just full turning your shoulders and staring at these people doing this um, for probably about like three songs went by. And I kid you not. That's like 
nine minutes of sucking fish. It was, they were all like um, Spanish songs, so like the, the tension was high because you know Spanish songs always bring the heat. And there was there was over the shirt rubbing going on oh. um, from a male to female perspective. And then, guys, this was the showstopper. I, I I may have been one of the few people that actually saw it, and I just screamed and like told everyone I was standing with. I turned and I saw the gentleman's fingers in the lovely lady's throat, and I almost like gasped, like like fingers in the mouth, um, in the middle of field house. Oh my! That that has to be caught. I think that's that's X-rated. Oh, I oh described it. I just described it pretty deep, like. Gentleman's uh, fingers. PG thirteen. No, this stuff's rated. <laughs> oh my god. Gentleman's fingers and lovely lady's in mouth in the bar. And then crazy enough is I don't know if they Jesus. just kind of got all their attention out because she left like two songs later, and I don't think they rekindled anything the rest of the night. I think maybe that was just it. It was just a firework in the moment, and it was gone. But I yes, can't that a thousand percent happened. I saw someone just. Yeah, no, that'd be yeah. That's weird. Um, what a a weird story. That's pretty much it. I'll save the Saturday parts of it for the game because that involves the Michigan State Western Kentucky game that I end up going to. But other than that, I guess bar comparative to to really hammer home my point of Fieldhouse, I went to Lou and Harry's before kickoff of the Michigan State game. Lou Haas, Lou and Harry, Lou and Harold's. Dude, no one calls Lewis's and I went to Lewis's and Harold's. It's Lewis. <laughs> Lewis is in Harold's. And um, the atmosphere there was much better. They didn't play music too loud. Uh, I, I guess world-renowned DJ Black DJ Magic Black was back Magic down. I saw it. Was in attendance. Um, I think he's quite the ladies' man from what I gathered. And he was just playing the hits at a, at a reasonable volume on Lake Fieldhouse. So shout out to Lewis is in Harold's for that. Um, stop calling. That's not even accurate. It's pretty much the weekend. What do you guys say we dive into some NFL football? that lions we watched today um this is for the context before we start this is one of those ones where i did not really i saw like three snaps of this game and some little twitter reactions so it's gonna be one of basically explain the lions game to grant which i will entrust to you guys a game no, you go ahead a game that i call the must win um going into the week by yeah, you only. which i laugh by at. <laughs> so uh, start the game we have the ball first seven um, uh, honestly, that might be no. Really- we did not get the ball first because they went right down the field, yeah. seventy-five yards. That's what score. I thought. Yeah. So uh, David Montgomery ran all over us in the first drive. They threw it all over us. Justin Fields, of course, we made a rookie quarterback look sweet. Sweet grab by Darnell Mooney. Yeah. It looks like really good catch. I think that was on the first drive. Mm-hmm. Diving grab it was nice, and then then they score seven nothing, and you're like, oh well, defense hasn't improved. Then our offense, the, the story of the day, I would say, was we moved the ball well, pretty consistently, got in the red zone. I can think of three times we were in the red zone where we got zero points. Zero points. Not really? a field goal, not a touchdown, zero points. I feel like that's surprising just because from the other games we were watching, they would show that graphic where the Lions had like one of the best red zone offenses thus far in the league going like probably into this game. Yeah. So I'd say the story of the game was right there. Uh, Lions' inability to score in the red zone any points was uh, my biggest takeaway. Um, Jared Goff's baby hands flashed again. Um, I didn't see that play. Yeah. Was that stripped out, though, or was that just a drop? I think he just dropped it. Couldn't really tell. Mm. That'd be depressing if it was just a drop. It's somewhere in between. I mean, you got pressure in his face, and all of a sudden the ball's out. 
Justin Fields, credit to him. He did make some good throws, uh, even with good coverage. Um, I thought he played really decent. Bears running game pretty much did what it wanted. The defense was just not very good the whole game. It wasn't terrible, but they gave up a lot of yards. And the Bears probably should have scored more if their coach wasn't incompetent. That's a different conversation. Oh, I just saw the first red zone interception. Oh, yeah. Didn't even talk about the snap where uh, Goff is walking up. I think that was the first drive, wasn't it? That was the first Walks drive. Because yeah, the, the play right before that, we get a ball bad at the line, and there's a potential interception. Matt Nagy somehow throws a challenge flag when the review clearly shows like the ball hitting the ground. Yeah. So they lose their challenge flag, and as soon as we get back from the review, that play happens. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it was just loud in there. Walking up to center and... Ragnar thought he wanted him to snap it. Bounces off his chest perfectly. And pretty athletic catch by the uh, D lineman. Just yeah. throws his hands up, catches it. And after that, I was pretty much like, yeah, this game's not going to go well. And the insult to injury on that play is like Jared Goff walking up is considered a legal motion. So we just, yeah, we like, got a penalty on that. It's a decline penalty on top of like looking yeah. like a clown show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. And then uh, he fumbled, and then I think we went for it on fourth down in the red zone, Evan. Didn't get it? Uh, yeah, we went for it. Yeah. yeah, in the second quarter, we went for it, and it got deflected. And then I guess the thing a lot of people were talking about was at the end of the game, we were down 24-14. We were on, our, we were on the Bears' 10-yard line, so we were going to the score. It was fourth and one. We didn't get it on third and, like, two or whatever. Um, so they went no huddle try to get it quickly. Uh, Goff threw a pass to the sideline, falling away. Wasn't a great throw. Wasn't a great route either and dropped it. Instead of just kicking the field goal and getting within seven with a chance, they went for it. How much time was left? Three or four minutes probably. Yeah. And so you were you had a chance to get it to a seven-point game. Your defense was doing better at that point. Uh, but they went for Went for it on fourth and one, didn't get it, and then that was the game. What do you? What, I guess we'll start there. Then of analysis, what do you guys think about that decision to go for it? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't mind it. I get why some people were saying, "Oh, you should just kick the field goal so you're down by one possession." But if you look at Dan Campbell, he's done every single time on fourth down the entire year. Like he's he's going for it at midfield, even in our end, he's going for it on fourth down and short. So like, I don't see why he would just change now just because of the situations and the circumstances. I was going to say, I mean, you're, there's you're pictures saying. going around on Twitter right now that Goff should have hit Cephas over the middle. And it's like cropped perfectly where you don't know if there's a defensive player near Cephas over the middle. But the picture that's floating around on Twitter that you might eventually see, Cephas is wide open. St. Brown was honestly open. It just wasn't a great throw. It was St. Brown, I think. It's a little out route to the sideline. It's a hard throw because it's to the others. He was rolling left and throwing left. So it's not super easy. He's falling away. But, yeah, I mean, based on everything we've seen from Dan Campbell, I wasn't surprised at all that we went for it. I think we went for it three times again in this game on fourth down. Wow. Yeah. I think we're over three. I don't hate it. Well, I hate that they're over three. I, I, think- I, I mean, I hate, the, I hate the play call because you, you have two players on your team that are superior than everybody else. You've got to find a way to get Swifter or Hawkins in the ball. One. That's one of the gripes. I would say on offense, it's, like it's another three quarters where you couldn't get Hawkins in the ball. You couldn't develop plays or scheme wise to get Hawkinson open. Same um, he was Swift. basically useless until the fourth quarter when you kind of put pressure on the Bears, but I don't know if the Bears were playing as aggressive. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're doing when Swift and Hawkinson are clearly your best playmakers, pretty much your only playmakers on offense. 
and they don't seem to want to get them involved until it's the fourth quarter and we're down double digits. Like you don't see either of them touching the ball until second half. And that was another story. I thought the Lions abandoned the run way too fast too. Because Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams did run pretty well. He was having pretty hard. I mean, we, we catched him a little bit, kind of like little stretch zone plays, and then it would be a little cutback off center or guard. And you probably averaging probably six or seven yards per carry on those plays. But then everything else was kind of blunders. Goff wasn't very sharp. Got batted down <laughs> at the line a lot. Missed some easy throws. We had some drops. Could we say on the positive side, at least from what I've seen so far through these highlights, is Goff does – he looks so uncomfortable doing it, but he does have the ability to extend some plays. Like he, he made a nice, had a really good play. He made a nice rolling left throw across. I guess a, <laughs> to Cephas, <laughs> a pocket play. Uh, uh, he had made a really nice play in the pocket, scrambled, extended the play, got a first down, and then I think the next play or two plays later, he fumbled. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, I, it's just that's the that's Jared Goff. He's just super inconsistent. I'm gonna chalk the fumble up to being tipped out they didn't give a replay but it did look like someone got their arm on it but yeah like you guys said like he has the flashes to do something to do things uh he made another one where he stepped up with two hands on the ball and made a nice throw to a monitor st brown to pick up a first down but like you guys said like you can't he has talent the the floor like the floor is too low i guess like because when he's bad he can be terrible and that's yeah but when he's good he's pretty solid and uh, probably a above like average NFL quarterback, but he's not nearly consistent enough to be garnered that attention. My yeah, only, I mean, now that we've been, we're in what this is what the third game, fourth, fourth, fourth game, fourth oh, four. game. So it's one fourth, one fourth of the season, twenty five percent of the season. I don't know if this offense fits golf. I don't think it does. I still don't think it does, and I don't think the Rams' offense fits him. You saw him succeed as best when he's a shotgun passer. He reads the defense prior, not under center. Give him a couple more half seconds to adjust. And he is the arm thrower. He is used to throwing the ball 40 to 50 times every single game. Yeah. So you're theorizing then, which is kind of, well, no, it doesn't rule that out. But I guess I got to be specific about the point I'm trying to make or articulate is that I always feel like the narrative around golf is that he's good if you can establish your run and then do like under center roll out play action passes when it seems like that may not be what you think is best like you can still incorporate play action but just one more of like a spread style offense with him in the shotgun yeah because with the bootlegs and all that stuff like the play actions or bootlegs i don't think he's athletic enough he's for not. the boot plays That's he just looks like to me my eye test he doesn't look comfortable in the boot place. He doesn't look comfortable in the offense. That's just me. And I could be completely wrong. I mean, I'm sure he says he loves the offense. He loves Anthony Lynch, but he doesn't look comfortable in it. He doesn't look like a quarterback that is comf- I don't know, like comfortable running the certain plays that they're asking him to do. It honestly, as under center handoffs. It might just be because I'm paying attention. Is like There's some highlights here I'm watching the third quarter where we're going empty sets with five wide, and he's making good reads and getting the ball out on five-yard outs quickly. Now – Yes, that's boring, and I I was able to I got to watch the whole Steelers Green Bay game, and it's very clear when you have a quarterback who can't throw more than ten yards downfield that you're going to struggle. And but but I think you just have to get more creative and get your play action plays off of the shotgun system, like still spread out, do spread play action plays. You don't have to do everything like you know under center rollouts with him because it just takes too long to develop. Yeah, and and then Cal. I mean, they, Cal was as spread out as it got, and he thrived there. I know it's college, but still, 
Yeah, I don't. Through four games, I don't. You know, there was hope that maybe Jared Goff would be your quarterback for a while. No, he's not the guy. So you're on the, I guess, just a full full two years potentially. You think maybe even not even full two years? You don't have to speculate. That's a ridiculous question. I would say after four games. Now that I say it out loud, yeah, I don't. <laughs> but I mean, it depends what they do in the draft, which is a long time away. So I don't know. To briefly about the fourth and one. Now again, keep in mind that I didn't really get the whole game flow, but I the the counter argument to all the people that think that Dan Campbell's dumb for doing that. The, the clear counter argument is that based on what you've seen from your offense, this is probably going to be their best chance to be down in this range to score a touchdown again. Whereas, you know, you t- if you take the field goal, there's no, based on what you've seen from your offense, you probably didn't feel comfy even getting within touchdown striking range. Uh, so that's why people are like, well, if this is the closest you're going to get to their goal line in, in the game, then you might as well try to go for the touchdown now. That way you can just, hopefully fall into one or two plays like the Ravens did against us the week before where you can get a game-time field goal. Yeah, I mean, then the play they ran, it worked. Just didn't execute. Yeah, and it's like, I guess my thought would be like, if you can't score, you know, a touchdown from the 10 or whatever it was around there. Probably not going to win anyway. Then you trust yourself to be able to go down the field potentially in like a minute or less, you know, and, and get down there. The thing is, they, they were moving the ball, I think, most of the day. It's just they weren't capitalizing she said one dumb mistake every drive. Penalties were not great again. I see this too. This what was your guys' thoughts when you're watching play? It seems like I wouldn't say it mainly luck, but there is, you know, obviously bounces of the ball. Like on the strip sack of golf, the player who recovered it for the Bears fumbled and it just landed right in another player's arms and they could keep running. Like that was unfortunate. And then you see here at the start of the fourth quarter, a sack fumble on fields and the ball just bounces around like 10 yards and they are able to fall on it. But if somehow that bounces the line's way, then- Are you, you talking know. about the one Khalil Mack recovered? I'm doing two. So the, the one f- before that. So are you talking the one where golf- where, where you said baby hands. Yeah. The person who, the player who recovered that fumbled on our offensive lineman's hit. And then it fell into number eight's lap of the Bears who was still running. So it could have been one of those things where like if Khalil Mack fumbles that and then we fall on, then it's a new set of downs first and 10 going our way. I thought you were talking about the one where Khalil Mack clearly pitches it to Eddie Jackson. You think that was a pitch? It was. Well, now I got to see. Oh, I, Khalil Mack tried to pitch it to Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was a that was uh, 100%. Yeah. That they was, got a penalty you know, for a Khalil Mack trying to get them to score. Yeah. That's why I was confused what you're talking about because that was a designed flip. He looks at him and then throws it. Yeah, he pitches it. Oh, he does. On purpose, yeah. They talk about it. He looks at him, gives him a little flick. Okay, well, I take that back. Four pass on that anyway. So really? Yeah, one back. But. We caught by the refs, I guess. That's not bad luck. But then the the, the Justin Fields. The Justin Fields one was crazy. Great you, recovery by you, Justin Fields. You fall on that ball, um, you know, then you have the short field with your struggling offense to go and make it 24-21. But that's just kind of what happens. Also, I'm noticing – Aside from the X's and O's, sort of field just looks so disgusting to play on. I can't wait for them to get a new stadium. I think it's been beat up. And I mean, it's still grass in this in October with all the rain recently in the Midwest. Um, yeah, not very good. God, there's just so many, there's just so many sack fumble balls on the turf. They even got lucky on this one I'm watching where it fumbled again and Jared Goff picked it up and ran for positive yards on the play. But it's like yeah. that ball is just coming out of his hand way too often, it feels like. Baby hands. Also, on defense, I think the, we struggled to get any pressure on fields to make him uncomfortable at all. Which is disgusting. And one of the keys I told Lions fans to watch for is if if the front 
can't get pressure against this Bears porous offensive line, then that's going to be a rough Also, play. Romeo Quara, I believe he ruptured his Achilles or something. Yeah, he tore his Achilles. It, is, it yeah. hasn't been said yet, but they said it's an Achilles injury and it's not looking good. So he was out most of the game. So, so that's really right now. Although Ragnar didn't look that Ragnall. good, he had the turnover or whatever you want to call it. Um, he left in the second or first quarter. Did not return. And did not return. Totally he was true. out for a couple of weeks, probably. So it's actually insult to injury because the because yes. those are arguably well, they're both the they're all in our top five best offensive player and best defensive player. Yeah, and Trey Flowers, I don't believe he played either. So he did not play. He was the line was a so, but who cares? Trey Flowers doesn't look good anyway, so I don't care. And he's probably better than what we had. Um, my True. other big gripe with this team, not gripe, but things I really want to see and that I think they need to do. If you had to estimate based on your eyeballs, how what was the percentage of snap counts for? DeAndre Swift. I think he played a lot more this week. It started with a Jamal early and often. Jamal. Yeah, but Jamal was running the ball well, where Jamal was probably getting almost Jamal too many carries in the first half. Yeah. I thought Swift in the second half played a majority, at least based on what I saw. It felt like he was in there almost like first Second half, yeah, probably. I would like to see Swift more in the first half. Jamal Williams started. It's just like to me, obviously Jamal Williams is a decent back, and but like early fresh, you're the freshest to start of the game. Like Jamal Williams is getting too many like early handoffs. Like where I want Swift to get those handoffs to see how he's feeling right away. Or I want like, I don't get that, I don't get that logic. Well, I, I'm fine with like Jamal yeah. getting you know five to eight handoffs a game, but when you're talking like the freshest, somebody's going to be Swift earlier in the game. Like I don't. I don't get that. And if you're trying to limit his snaps, I, I don't agree with it being early in the game. Like somewhere in the middle where it's second and go third, both ways. You know, give him yes. some drives off. I'll go even as far as like, just give me just touches, you know, in general, which is, I'm sure you guys would agree. Like use them like the Steelers have to use Najee Harris because their quarterback can't throw downfield. Like just put the ball in this guy's hands in space. And I'm sure I also love that for the PPR uh, fantasy football league. But yeah, I mean, as I look at the the splits here, yeah, that's his rushing was not good. I'll tell you that eight rushes for sixteen yards, two yards of carry, no blocking, and then Jamal's fourteen for sixty six. So, like your guys' point, it bears out that Jamal was running better, but they don't have the snap counts yet for Week Four, from what I've seen, at least the site I use. But on the year, it's like Swift sixty three percent. Um, and Jamal 40%. percent probably somewhere ish. similar, I'd say. And I just want that to get to 70-30. And that's, not again, nothing against Jamal Williams. I really like him as a backup back. I just think when you have a talent like Swift, you need to use that um, much more to hopefully go one and five. Another thing is uh, golf. I, so, hand up. I own DeAndre Swift in fantasy, and so I want him to do well uh, for myself. But golf didn't even look his way on – uh, a lot of pass plays and often Swift was just back in the backfield as an extra protector, like an extra blocker. He was not really going out for routes that often out of the backfield on third downs, which, you know, I'd like to see him just have a design play design route. And when he had a design route, it was a good chance that he was going to catch it and it was going to be thrown his way, but we don't give him the ball nearly enough for how much I mean, lack of talent it, we have on offense. It's tough because he's, uh, for the system that we're running, the schemes, the running backs are the ones to chip. Yeah. And Jamal Williams does a little bit better, but, like, we only have two tight ends on on roster. And so, he, you know he's not going to stay in there and block the other one's fouls, and he's 45 years old. 
I don't, I don't. So like the running backs are the ones that have to chip in, and so you're wasting like routes against them. Darren Fells being 45 like actually feels right. I know you're just exaggerating, but it feels (laughs) he didn't really touch the field at all. No, he didn't touch the field. But I'm just saying, like schematic wise, if you had three or four tight ends, like your third or fourth tight end is strictly blocking tight end. Well, a quarter through the season, I'd love to see the Lions maybe change some things up and play to their personnel more instead of uh, playing to their system. That's not great for their players, but whatever. I'm not a football coach. I don't know. No, you're an analyst, though. You're a national. Yeah, I would. I think it's obvious. Put the ball in your best player's hands a little bit more. You know, it makes so much sense when you say it like that. Don't throw it to Khalif Raymond so much. My speaking of yeah, speaking of receptions, um, as we try to look for bright spots throughout this year, our guy Evans and I guy Amon St. Brown six Played catches, today. six catches for seventy. You like to see that. You like to see him being targeted you know, getting up there in, in yards as well. So hopefully that continues to materialize and he was a good value in the fourth round. But then on the bad side, we talked about how the Baltimore game was the first game we saw in a young season, Hawkinson get schemed out by the other opposing defense. And it seems like um, now four, 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 40, four for 42 is nothing to scoff at. But when we thought he could potentially be a top four tight end, uh, you know, stats-wise in the league, you'd like to see more out of TJ. He, he should have had more. I mean, Goff missed him a couple times. He also dropped the pass. Which, he sh- which you can't have. Which wasn't a great throw, but... Did it uh, hit the hands? It hit the hands. Ah. Uh, it was... The, the angle was coming towards you, so it was hard to see how bad of a throw it was, but it hit him in the hands. He dropped it. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things I think you need to scheme up more plays for him. I didn't think we were like – I don't think we think we have to get the ball to our playmakers. I think that we think the other receivers are good enough, and that is a problem because they're not. So my kind of overarching things I'll close out with for the Lions is that this one stung, and no no shocker because I said it was a must win. A little exaggeration, but honestly, like – because. With being 0-3, they were all against good teams, and two of them were tight games. Or at least we I would say this. The Lions objectively put together at least one good half of football against three good football teams leading up to this game. So it gave fans hope that the Bears had just gotten beaten down by the Browns the week before. Their coach is kind of a clown and saying, oh, we might play Fields, um, Foles, or Dalton. So you're like, okay, strike while the iron's hot. Go get a win at Soldier Field against the division opponent. Make yourself feel better that you're not bottom, bottom of the division. And then you go and do this. And this is this one, this loss hurts more, I'd say, depress- depressing wise than even the Baltimore one because they're a good football team. But it's, I don't know, it's, it feels like a step back because everyone, it was fun around the league. You know, you're, you're 0 3, but everyone's like, oh, they're, they're a solid 0 3 team because they gave two good teams games. And then you go and do this against an opponent who's not very good. And it's just gross and makes fans not as excited for the number any, one pick any weeks to come. Yeah. Uh, the tank is on. The Browns, you talk about the Bears getting dominated. Their D line is very legit. I mean, the Vikings scored seven points today. Wow. So, and Kirk was in trouble all game long. So, when we play the Browns, Jared Goff is in big trouble. But that's, that's besides the point. Yeah, it's disappointing. Losing to the Bears when you had three trips to the red zone with zero points. You had a decent chance to win this game. They didn't look better than us. We just shot ourselves in the foot. And I guess that comes with a young, new, inexperienced coaching staff. But no excuses, really. You can't can't go to the red zone three times and come up with zero points. No. 
Can't do it. Turning the ball over way too much. Defense, you know, for as bad as they are, they've done their job, I guess, enough to keep you in games. And the offense is not giving it that. Evan, any closing thoughts on the lines before around? Thoughts. Secondary is baby soft, and they're afraid to hit anybody. Um, but there's our injuries in the secondary. Um, and just like all the fans that are on Twitter thinking this is, you know, the same old Lions. Like this is four games into the Dan Campbell era. You got to give it time and patience, because um, I can promise you he's not like the last coach. And all you guys that think that you already want Dan Campbell gone, you're, you're not aware of the situation that he's in and that we are rebuilding. And like we said, way back in April, this can take like two or three years. It's going to take time. Yeah. There's no talent. on. The Good thing we're young. Good thing we're, this is a young podcast. Yeah, it's bad. All right, folks around the league in however many minutes or less. Haven't seen any of these scores. We'll see how this goes. Giants 27, Saints 21, and OT, Daniel Jones. Um, welcome back, Saquon Barkley. He had a really good game. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Played him in fantasy. Um, and I just don't know what Sean Payton's doing. Uh, he needs to open up the offense for James Winston. That's yeah. plain and simple. There's a lock on the playbook, and James doesn't have the key. So <laughs> let James go three for three. three I think Sean Payton's three super worried about the six interception possibility. He he definitely is because I don't understand why Jameis just like you just insert Jameis into what Drew Brees did. Like Jameis can throw the ball fifteen yards down the field. Yeah. Like that was the max of Drew Brees and like Al Kamara produced. I mean Al Kamara had a good game, but like pass catching not really, and then they're barely throwing the ball. Yeah, they got. I just don't get it. They want to be better. You can't lose with the Giants. Um. Chiefs 42, Eagles 30. This is one of the games I watched all the snaps of. We had one of the more funnier announcing penalties in the game of football. Illegal touching in this game with Devonta Smith stepping out of bounds. Um, he looked amazing in this game. He's good. But again, the Chiefs defense is doo-doo. Uh, the Chiefs did Chiefs things. They just score ridiculous touchdowns. And that's pretty much it. Chiefs are still good. Cody, oh. friend of the podcast, they are still good. The Eagles coach, Sirianni, hard to take seriously with that many highlighters in your visor. Yeah, he's got to chill. They got to The Eagles, if they wanted to win this game, they had to score touchdowns. And when they're in the red zone, you can't kick field goals against the Chiefs. Nope, can't. Uh, and if you're in the red zone like the Lions, you can't score zero points at all. True. Yeah. Bills 40, Texans 0. That just feels right. <laughs> Bills are good. Texans are bad. <laughs> Texans are in our competition for the first pick. Yeah, yeah. but they have a win. So For now. It's us and the Jags right now. Yeah, and their coach doesn't seem too worried. Two Urban Meyer references. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Uh, Cowboys 36, Panthers 28. Wasn't that close. As in Cowboys had a handle on it? It was 36-14 with not that much time left. Carolina scored two late touchdowns. Cowboys, uh, Grant takes. Cowboys will make the playoffs. Yeah, they, they needed to throw the ball a little better. You know, to CD Lamb. But they ran the ball well with Zeke, and Zeke should be the number one guy on that offense. Yeah. The same doesn't look too bad with the Panthers. No. I think Matt Rule's got something working there. You can't let Joe Brady go. Um, Adam Gase is a cancer to uh, quarterbacks. Everyone. We also did see Carolina's defense is not as great as everyone thought. It's not that. They did lose their number one pick. They did lose their, yeah, their best corner, too. JC Horn. 
Uh, Cleveland Browns 14, Vikings 7. This is a Big Ten football game. Browns D-line is ridiculous. Snooze <laughs> <News> fest. <laughs> Super boring game. Browns def- defensive line, though, is very legit. Browns Baker proved. can't throw. I mean, God. They had a on third down to ice the game. They needed a first down. Odell was wide open. No one around for like a could have been a 70-yard touchdown. Baker just like throws it by his feet. Nowhere near it. They punted, gave Kirk a chance. They couldn't move the ball. Malik McDowell played well. Shout out to him. There you go. Colts 27, Dolphins 17. This is probably a game that I would have no interest in watching. Wasn't ex- it was like 23 Colts for a while. And then there was one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen with Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Jacoby Brisket. He ran around in the backfield like evading <laughs> tackles for forever. And then he gets hit and he just like kind of like pushes the ball into the ground and fumbles. It was really gross. Could have been a throw, I guess, but yeah. Dolphins suck. Colts suck. That game sucked. Uh, Evan, teed up for you. We can go first on this one. The Tennessee Titans, 24. The Jets, 27. Final in OT. The New York teams get their wins today. Yeah, they should never be into this situation. Um, it was a very snooze fest until the fourth quarter when there was a uh, 29 points scored in the fourth quarter and there was previously like 11 prior to that. Um, but if you're a Titans fan, you just can't let it happen. You bottled up Zach Wilson and then also you just let him run free. We were without Julio and AJ, but it's not excuses. You have a job to do. That's an unexcusable loss. I love the we there for the Titans. I love that. Um, football team 34, Falcons 30. I think the Falcons might also push us for the number one pick because they can't stop anything. Riveting game. Falcons should have had it, and they blew it down the stretch. Taylor Heineke is a dude. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> that was actually great. Taylor Heineke is actually pretty good. Dude, um, shout out Cordell Patterson for being PPR oh, machine. Actually, Cordero Patterson is a pretty Pretty good. Corduroy he pants. lost the dude in the in the corner. Corduroy Panserson. Yeah, he's Receiver, a wide Receiver, running back, do it all. He's no, he's a running good. back, and he's going to stay at my running back spot for as long as I live. Yeah, he's good. He's a good player. Taylor Heineke or Jared Goff? Taylor Heineke. I'll take Taylor his Heineke. fiery attitude. Younger, more mobile. Any day. Oh, my goodness. The guy doesn't care about his body at all. I love it. Okay, your Arizona Cardinals 37 with the face of football, Kyler Murray against the LA Rams 20. Yeah, Kyler Murray just took over the MVP talk over Matthew Stafford, unfortunately. Um, Rams, it was two tur- early turnovers. Stafford had a bad interception, and then Sony Michelle fumbled, and then you're just giving the Cardinals three points at that point, and now it's too hard to catch up. Yeah, all Cardinals fans hate Cliff Kingsbury, but, I mean, he's undefeated, so I don't think you can fire him this year. A.J. Green is still good at football. Yeah, he's on my bench. Seahawks. Wow, so the NFC West played each other today, eh? Seahawks 28, 49ers 21. Didn't see a lick of this game. I don't know. Feels like an NFC West game. Seahawks were struggling until like the second half, and then the 49ers decided to struggle. Jimmy G did get injured, so Trey Lance came in at some point in the second half. How did he look? Jimmy G got injured. I said, how did Trey Lance look? He looked all right. He threw a touchdown pass to Debo Samuel, but uh, the entire Seahawks defense on that play decided we're not going to cover Debo Samuel. Smart. And he had smart. a 70-something yard touchdown. Really smart. Kind of like Jeff Okuda against Debo Samuel. Oh, I didn't mean that. You did. I, I, I might cut that just personally. That was mean. Um, You're Jeff Okuda fan. Didn't was his was his an Achilles injury too? Yes. What is with Achilles in the Lions? That's like the worst injury you can get. Uh it's it's definitely a season runner and career runner. Sometimes career. Yeah. 
Packers 27, Steelers 17. Mm, Watched every Steelers. snap of this game. Um, a little home cooking, cooking for the Packers. Not surprised. Uh, the Steel. Steelers, one of the more athletic plays I've ever seen in my life. Minko Fitzpatrick stood up and blocked a field goal and stayed on his feet blocking said field goal and caught it off the hop on said field goal and cribbed it. That would have put them up 17-14 to end the first half. But then again, you can wish that play happened. They still didn't play well enough to win, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers looks sweet. Also, a little little uh, tease for Packers fans of A.J. Dillon. They got a little taste of A.J. Dillon tonight in Lambeau. He's an absolute animal. He went head-to-head with Casey Hayward on the Steelers and actually injured Casey Hayward. But then Casey Hayward ended up coming back. Is he a fantasy ad? Uh, I had to add him because a little behind the curtain is that Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch. So I had to do something here. <laughs> That's no good. Um, that is no you, good. You, you, heard, you heard earlier that the Steelers just – they just can't throw the ball. The Steelers are the Saints of last year. Solid playmakers. Offense is terrible. Solid team. They just can't throw the ball Excuse more me. than 15 yards. Ben Roethlisberger is terrible. Big Ben and missed two throws to Juju that should have been two touchdowns. Yes, they, they were off the, just off the fingertips. Like if you put that ball like a foot either way, like it's a catch and it's two touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty much. Lambo looks sweet. No, it doesn't. It, it, it never does. does. It, looks okay. nice. it never does. Um, and then the last game here is Ravens twenty three, Broncos seven. The Broncos are the Broncos are frauds. Uh, the Broncos had seven starters out, so let's just. Reply. And Teddy Bridgewater got concussion through the game, so so let's pump the brakes on them being frauds. No, I'll stand by that. Easy. So the Broncos are the worst three. Uh, the Ravens in the NFL. were plus one. Uh, I'm spreading that kill. The Broncos are the worst three and one team in the NFL. Well, their wins were against the Jets, Jags, and Texans. Giants. Giants. Yeah. Worst three and one team. They're frauds. I, I'm just telling you they're frauds. Yeah, I mean it was an easy pick. Um all right. So that was around the NFL. Jags yeah. and Bengals. That's we don't do Thursday night. Who cares? Thursday. And we've, we've talked, talked about we've the talked about Jags and Meyer again. Yeah. He's, he's a freak. <laughs> um he's gonna pass out. Oh, uh, he's gonna fake something. College football recaps, probably from all, too many Viagra pills. College football recaps here. Uh, we'll start with Michigan State versus Western Kentucky. Rally the bands, MSU homecoming. It was a high scoring affair like we predicted. Final score, I guess, would be a little misleading if you just happened to look at it. It's still a 17 point game, but it was 42 to 16 at the half. I'll do the classic, like, since I'm just a Michigan fan, I'll give my brief thoughts. Um, Western Kentucky is a really well-coached football team. Like, that stood out to me as I was there in, in the nosebleeds of Spartan Stadium for this one. They The quarterback is pretty solid. I think... I think it's pretty good. I think, obviously, now the, the negative of that would be the throws he was making, a lot of them were wide open, like seam shots, which I guess is something to clean up as Big Ten play continues, especially when you face Ohio State, because... Like Ryan Day is one of the best vertical passing game schemers in the country. So that will have to be cleaned up. I don't really know. Like, you know how people, analysts like ourselves, love to say, like, oh, they laid a blueprint for how to, you know, have success against this team. I don't really would say Western Kentucky did that because no one plays like them. Like they basically were Utah State. They just run their their no huddle was so fast. It was like you you look the other way and they're running the next play. Because, like, no one else in the Big Ten is going to try to do to Michigan State what... No one has the personnel to do that. What? Well, they have playmakers, but they're no one's... Gonna be they're not going to be able to have O-line just sprinting the whole game. They're not going to install um, that type of offense for a one week. That's, like, that's just, like, your... That's, like, your um, calling card if you're Western Kentucky. You can't just scheme that for one week. 
but it does give hints of how to have more success against Michigan State's defense than other schools have by spreading them out or, you know, really hammering home the passing game. And I think that is something that is going to be a big test for Michigan State in the Big Ten. Um, but it was a good to see, again, as a, if you were a Michigan State fan, to see that the offense didn't we call it a get-right game, but it's like a game where like you're expected to put up a lot of points, and they did. Yep. So it also helps when you have the best punt returner in the country on your team. Jalen And schools like must not watch special teams film and keep punting to said player. Yes. Well, what about your vibe and your atmosphere? Um, I got in... Basically, as swag, swag surfing was trying to happen, so I really didn't get to get the effect. I really, I don't think it plays very well. I think it flopped again. I think so. They're still, they can't get it figured out. Something that's insane that I, I haven't heard you guys talk about. Maybe they've done it in years past, and I didn't know about it. But the light show at Spartan Stadium is unbelievable. Going into the fourth quarter is new. is sex. Yeah, like, the true. the lead into the fourth quarter at Spartan Stadium with the lights. Uh, the page out of they took the page out of Alabama and Georgia's playbook. Uh, it's sex. Like if if that is the night game, college game day, with like Kirk and them on the call for the Michigan game going into the fourth quarter, will, and it's a tight game, will be a movie. Like you'll have goosebumps down your whole body. Uh, yeah, cool. I don't crazy. think there will be another night game in the sense this year. Whoa! Wow, I think we already hit our quota too. <laughs> well, we can get on that at a later date. When we make our petition for college game, we don't even have the petition. It's just going to happen. That game um, be a three thirty. Other things, I, feel it. I don't know. They they did the cheesy uh, green Spartan helmets for the student section. Everyone just looks like a virgin when they wear those. <laughs> so <laughs> those things suck. Um, the deep end sign was out. I couldn't really see it that good. Not that anyone really cares about that. No. Um, I guess it was an announcement that we didn't get the covers. Interesting. Um, <laughs> whatever. I think that's pretty all. Mel, sandwich. Mel Tucker, I'll get that's the showstopper. But Mel Tucker continues to wear sweet um, clothing items that the fan base wants so bad but can't have. Um, so that's that would be. But it, the hood on that jacket was so big, it was absolutely insane. And then, did you see it, Evan? Yeah, I've seen pictures now. It's a nice little windbreaker with the gruff Sparty, which people love. The helmets look nice, much better than last year's version of them. I think the white green white is great uniform combo in general. Um, Kenneth Walker is an athletic freak. The touchdown he had where he hurled the guy, stayed on his feet, and then like leaped from the five was just this unfair to be able to do on a football field. And then the last atmosphere is melting moments. Um, now I get kind of confused at the backstory of this because there was definitely a version that you guys had talked about in the past that had like green cows on it. And it was melting moments, then that green one. Which you liked. I liked the melting moments the best. No. They switched to the green ones. So did Evan? Oh, I like the green ones better. And Evan liked the green ones better. Green ones were bigger. They were bigger. That is true. And then then now they're back to melting moments because uh, I think the popular one was melting moments. And a lot of people were mad when they switched out of it. So I was up again in the nosebleeds, ran down like before halftime with like five minutes to go because it was such a blowout. And I wanted to be able to find them, which I probably could have on one of the upper levels, but the lines were long already. And so you guys know Spartan Stadium better than like, you know, more most people. So I went all the way down to the bottom level, just down ramp after ramp after ramp. That is quite the walk. <laughs> and then I got, yeah, like where the student section entrances where I came down from the top, like four rows off of the Were you top. on the student section side? Yes. Uh, on the yeah, the, I the fifty, you on the, other the side. fifty on their side came all the way down, and then 
they're sold. I mean, they sell them at the big stands, but they have them like in little carts off to the side. So pro tip, yeah. if you just want to get it faster, there's a, like the sweetest looking old man just standing there. And I'm like, you got any like left? Cause I was worried about, you know, what you talked about, Alex, where they run out. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I was like, I'll take two. And he's like, 10 bucks. I had a 10 cash. Perfect. Cause I heard if you don't, if you have car, you, have to, you have to go to a stand and like pay and say, I'm buying two of them, which would have been a nightmare. Yeah. So luckily I had the exact change for the guy, grabbed him, ran back up the ramps. And let me tell you guys, sandwich was unbelievable. So good. Oh, uh, I can't, so I can't speak to the green ones, but there's something about this where like, it's just the right amount of like, rock solidness but also still soft like it doesn't it, it even though it's called melting moments it doesn't melt it stays compact and it's almost like eating frozen cookie dough because like the texture of the cookie yeah. and and the chocolate chip the chocolate chip is just so rich and so good and it's not gooey it doesn't make a mess like you don't feel gross eating it um, they are 600 calories. I did take a peek at the wrapper. You which looked bananas. There's that much calories in it. I was just curious. Um, I will say I made a rookie mistake though. I did not get a bottle of water to to go along with it. That would be something I would suggest grabbing because my mouth was drier than the Sahara <laughs> Desert for like the next quarter of football. Um, but yeah, melting moments delivered was probably the highlight of the game. Yeah, they're good. They're real good. So good. All right, so now you guys are actual X's and O's of what you saw against this snooze fest non-conference matchup. Um, Michigan State has now scored on three of on the first play where they touched the ball in three of their five games. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's such like a sweaty like asterisk way to describe it. I mean, three out of five games. It's true. First time they touched the ball, crib. It's pretty awesome. I guess Evan, I go first like every week, so maybe you should go first this time. I just wanted to get that stat um, first. What do you want me to go over first? You can talk offense if you want. Okay, game flow offensively. Obviously, if you're nitpicking, you can always nitpick. And I'm that guy that always likes to nitpick. Um, there's some drives there that you wish didn't happen, some play calling. And then when you're looking back at the highlights, I don't know, understand or how, probably penalties or mismanagement. Um, but we were behind like the chains a little bit too often for my liking when you're facing a Western Kentucky defense that's um, not very good, um, but it is good to see that Jalen Mayer got involved. I was asking for that last week. He had eight catches for 128 yards. Reed had four for 127, um, so that was good to see. Obviously, Kenneth Walker, 126 yards, three touchdowns, and then Payne Fulham looked pretty good. He looked solid. Um, not much pressure on him, and then I just love how mobile he is. Um, I think that really showed out this game more than a lot of the other games. He ran for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown, um, but he kind of got out of the pocket, scrambled a little bit more. And I feel like down the red zone, the, like the third quarter when we kicked a field goal, we had a bootleg out to the left. And he was like kind of looking to pass, but I think if he decided to run first, I think he would score that touchdown. But offensively, we kind of got to do whatever we wanted for the most part. Um, so not really much to gripe about. We just got to pick up the, like, the penalties and like, be behind the chains. Like Once you get into like the meat of the conference, you know, starting October 30th, you can't have that to happen. You can't have mistakes happen. You've got to score a touchdown when you're first and goal from the five-yard line. Yeah, only thing I'd add is clean some things up. And then in the second half, it just felt like they went into autopilot. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at we only scored six points in the second I would have half. liked to converted instead of field goals, like you said. Just, I don't know, a little sloppier in the second half. Kind of knew you were going to win. So that was yeah. a little disappointing. Overall, though, I did I do agree. Peyton Thorne looked better than last week, way better, more poised. So that was good to see a little bounce back for him. 
defensively, so everyone's going to gripe about, you know, Western Kentucky. I think they had over 500 yards of offense, which is absurd, which is a lot. But uh, what people should, people should know is Western Kentucky's offense is going to give every team they play probably fits. They're they're good offense, like Grant said. They they run, they they're quick the whole time. Um, their average yard per play was this is the lowest they've had in any games. So the whole you know Michigan State is terrible on defense. Whatever they they played better than the average is. So Michigan State's just going to be a bend don't break defense all year. They're going to give up a million yards every single game. Maybe not against uh, more like run heavy teams that can't throw the ball. We don't know who those teams are yet. Maybe Rutgers next week. But they're just – they're going to do the bend, don't break all year. They're going to rely on forcing a couple turnovers, which I think they forced one. Cal Halliday just went in and ripped it out, recovered it himself. Kind of a fluke, but whatever. It's cool. The, the legend of Cal Halliday. Yeah. Speaking of Cal Halliday, worst targeting call I think I've ever seen in my life. And the fact they confirmed it, which means he's out next week, if we get to that in the preview for the first half at least. Not good. Really ridiculous call. I guess I maybe I could see that if the guy was standing, he would have hit him in the head or whatever. Terrible call. You can't call that. I agree. Super soft. Nope. I hate that in the game. Can I just give for our listeners that may not know like that sweaty rules? They probably talk about I, I understand probably. I know what you do. Call it. I'm not talking it's to you. Stupid. I'm talking to the microphone of the people. Yeah, you can let them know. So because I've, I've heard the analysis, which I didn't really even really know going into this year, but in the Michigan and Michigan State games I've watched has come up. Um, is that like when like for example, Michigan State people will remember all the, the ones against was it Nebraska where Thorne got hit twice and they reviewed it? Yeah. Yeah, and they both came back as non non-targeting because when you're a runner, you are not defenseless because they're a defenseless player. So you're allowed to make contact with the head area as long as it's not the crown of your helmet. Now, in the case of the Cal Halliday play, which I briefly saw, it's a receiver going across the middle. And in that case, you are a defenseless player. So even though he's basically just hit him with the forearm of his arm, since it's like to the head and neck area, then they can call it, they have the right in the rule book to call it targeting. Again, I agree. Really dumb. Continue. Really. Um, that it's it's soft. That I, I don't even, did the player even get injured on that play? Not that it matters, but that definitely factors in. Like people can say, oh, like. I think he was shaken up. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. It's, he, it's, the, the player fell. So he was like at Halliday's like knees. Right. And so, but then, you know, obviously just for the people that are up in arms, the justification for it is that you're hitting the head and neck of a defenseless player in college, which is, you know, it's just, it's a pandemic in college football. No one knows what targeting is. And that is going to be. Something to monitor, I guess, in next week's game in the first half. Yeah, I think it's a big factor, but we'll get to that. And then the only other thing from the defense that I noticed, uh, I just I would like to know how our corners would do in more of a man up situation. I have no idea. We play such soft like cover coverage the whole time. I don't know what our corners are capable of. So it kind of worries me that if we're not willing to even try it at all in games like this, then I'm a little worried that our corners are uh, are not too good. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not full scheme guy, but it, it's weird that we sag off as much as we do and never never try to go one-on-one man up and, and send the big ones. We never try. Why, Evan? Why? When you're running the ball, you, there's 64 pass attempts in the game. You're going to be a little bit tired. And That's so fair. To save the corners energy, you're going to play a little softer coverage. You're going to try to keep everything in front of you, no, no uh, big plays, and you're going to challenge the offense to go the length of the field to try to score. And most of the time, 
Western Kentucky couldn't do it until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I would also say uh, forcing two three and outs to start the game and jumping on Western Kentucky early was a, probably a huge key. You don't want to get down at all against a team like that. So they, the defense, I thought, played for, for all the stats and you're going to look in the box score, it's going to look bad. Uh, I thought Michigan State's defense played pretty well. Can I tell you my only real... The only thing about Michigan State's defense was the missed tackles. Yeah, I was going to say, I you got to need to clean it up a little bit. A little too shaky there, break down, make attack in the open field where previously we were doing that, but now you have different guys uh, in space against Western Kentucky because mm-hmm. of the way they play. So you have like different like nickel corners and like roll down safeties trying to make those open field tackles and they're not doing it. Better DB tackle. That's my only question. I definitely need to see better tackling from the yeah. DBs. Yeah, that goes back to the like, it's not necessarily a blueprint, but that is where if I was an opposing team, I'd want to like put the pressure of the tackling on the outside linebackers and secondaries opposed to like the, that meat of the defense because they've shown they can stuff the run better. I do think probably because of just the design, Western Kentucky was able to run the ball like sometimes like a little bit better than I thought where they got some like chunk plays on draws. But then again, it's like you're just you past that. Much, yeah, I, I would say my takeaway from the defense of Michigan State that would worry me a little bit, especially as big time play continues because points are such a premium in this conference, is that Western Kentucky, I for sure connected on three, if not four, like just man on man vertical deep shots. And I think those are plays that would, you know, can happen in big time games where they're like devastating plays because, like I said, points are at a premium. And those like 50 yard chunk plays where, to Western Kentucky's credit, they ran good routes and their quarterback put the ball in a bucket, but there will be more quarterbacks in the season that will put balls in buckets. And those will be game altering plays as opposed to just, you know, a blip in a track meet game. Yeah. And I, I do honestly believe that Western Kentucky's offense would give most teams trouble. Most teams, corners in the Big Ten trouble. I don't think uh, any Big Ten team is shutting out Western Kentucky. No. They're, they're going to score points. That's just how they're designed. They don't play like a defense and they just rely on offense. And it's crazy how they are just so committed to just throwing the ball almost every play. It's wild. It's pretty exciting if you're a Western Kentucky. Yeah, in third and one, they ran like a little wide receiver screen route, but the ball was so low, they just had to fall down and catch it. And they didn't get any yards, but like that's their third and one play. Yeah, no, their QB is pretty good. (laughs) Zappy. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. It's a peppy. But it was an easy win. It was never close, really. I mean, no, never felt bad. Now, a little background too, it was stunning. I left the game around 42-16 and got back to be able to see it. And it was 42-31. And I was like, what the heck happened in this game? Like, it just didn't feel like it even would have gotten to that point. But then again, it never got like within that one score to make it really sweaty. So I don't um, think it was 42-31. I think it was 40. It got to like 45-31. was the closest it got. Well, now I have to double check. I was monitoring for my phone, but I never saw and saw it was 10 points. Yeah, you, 45, correct. 45 and then 31. Yeah, easy win. And uh, they're ranked number 11 now in the AP poll. Yes. And coaches, which is wild. Good for them. It means nothing. No, it means something. To the game everyone wants to hear about. Well, any more takeaways, Evan? No. All right. Jaden Reed for Heisman. Big noon kickoff. <laughs> Big noon kickoff. Um, uh. what was it? So Michigan, 38. Wisconsin, 17. Well, I guess it was a tale of 
Well, it's again, one of those games where it's, you really can just paint whatever narrative you want out of a game like this. You can say, oh, it was never really close. Uh, Wisconsin's offense couldn't get anything going and Michigan led wire to wire. Or you could say, I'm, I guess I, I've, I didn't think this about myself, but I'm leaning more into when I analyze games in the Evan camp where I like to nitpick things because I can see where the finish line might, might be leading to. And I'm going to try my best to just enjoy this win for Michigan because I do not an apology, but I do want to backtrack a little bit on questioning everything with Cade. And I, I did give the context that like, you have to understand why that they, the coaching staff is so hesitant to give JJ McCarthy playing time because Cade has not lost as a starting quarterback of Michigan when he's not gotten hurt in a game. So it's like, how do you just pull that kid from a game? It takes a lot of it balls. Take a loss. Yeah, it would take a loss. Um, you do see worked into this game more JJ McCarthy. And I'm basically just starting there because that seems to be the big narrative of everyone wondering week into week of this team. I will say X's and O's wise, not to get too heavy before we get in more bigger picture of the game, but if you're, you're going to bring in JJ McCarthy, uh, you need to prove that he can throw the ball and not just bring him in for read option type plays. Cause that's basically like doing the wildcat at that point. And everyone's going to know what you're doing. Right. Like you just have, and he can clearly throw the ball. Uh, he threw one of the prettier passes I've seen this season to Dalen Baldwin on a deep route. So why don't like work that in the third quarter when you bring him in and not just wait till the end. So Maybe they'll figure that out. It did seem like uh, as dumb as that theory is and as much as I hated Alex, like he mentioned, like saving the playbook. Playbook was much more open in this game. They were doing it. Uh, brought out the, the old Michigan State flea flicker. So shout out to both of our schools for absolutely nailing that play. And shout out to Cade for um, capitalizing on that with a good throw. If you'd like, you guys were kind of vocal text message-wise about the Wisconsin offense. So I'll, let, I'll tee you guys up for that and just kind of like what – what you guys were seeing from from the Wisconsin offense. Just full PTSD. I mean, if you just change the jerseys, I mean, that was Michigan State the last, like, five years with Dave Warren. It was, it was terrible. I just don't know what – they couldn't do a, a thing at all early on in this game. It was it was gross to watch. The, the score obviously turned out to not be as gross as I said last week, but the beginning of this game, mainly Wisconsin, was disgusting. They were – Puke gross. And Evan, I'm sure you have some similar thoughts. I mean, it is it was horrendous to watch. Um, Wisconsin's still trying to run their same offense when they have like NFL running backs and they don't. Like when they have NFL offense alignment and they don't, they simply don't. Like they got 32 carries for 43 yards. I can't believe Granted, it. Granted, they're 43 rushing yards because they have sacks. Like they're, so we take away those. They probably got 20, 40, 60. They probably had like 65 rushing yards. Two yards. Now, the, the sacks is going to negate them a little bit. But when, if one Wisconsin can't run, it, it defeats a purpose. And I don't understand what changed from Wisconsin from last year to this year. Maybe a couple guys, but like you saw Mertz and like Wisconsin looked decent last year at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but his putrid Murphs is not good. No, and Wisconsin only had success when they kind of like actually spread the ball out a little bit there in the second quarter. I think Murphs is like a a C minus version of Bo Nix, just not good. I just don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, crazy. Like Evan said, like they were solid 
like the Graham Mertz I watched at Michigan last year, like it's a different human being. It's like someone just took over his body. And I think part of it is just the O line is not what it is used to be. They're not good. They can't stop anyone. They can't get any push, and their running backs aren't very good. And it's this just reminds me of you know like just stubborn coaching. You're just gonna stick with and try to do what's one like what made you win in the past, but like it's not working for this team. And Wisconsin needs to change, but I don't see him doing. That's not like they have big uh, big playmakers either to make things happen. So, yeah, I don't think they will. Um, I think like the first half it was extremely closer than it was. Um, fourth quarter, you know, got away. I think Michigan kind of opened it up because they got to do whatever they wanted because they know Wisconsin wasn't be able to do anything because they had their backup in Wisconsin um, backup so to them though. He was just as bad. Really? Yeah, I know. I mean, he was three for eight, fifty-two yards, and he had a touchdown, but he also had interception. Yeah, um, and a fumble, I think, or that was on the snap. Yeah, um, but like Grant would probably be upset because they kicked a field goal technically. But like, if Wisconsin doesn't, the ball doesn't touch that Wisconsin guy in their own end, you know, that could change a little bit of outcome right there. Um, I don't see it a lot. I don't think Wisconsin would have went down and scored and took the lead, but I think like time of possession, field position could have changed the outcome there. But Michigan looked like the dominating team. Um, I don't want to say anything out of Jim Harbaugh's mouth, but like this Michigan team actually looks like they enjoy playing on like the team last year. Um, and I think it's solely based on like the confidence and like their capabilities when you're like their defense, you're not relying on them to beat their guy across from every single play. Now they're running a different scheme where you have more loose playing, like, okay, I can run a zone. I have less responsibility every single play. I think yeah. Michigan deserves a lot of credit for uh, for what they've done through this season compared to last year. I did not expect it. Uh, they are much more of a team. I think the young coaches has brought a lot of swagger, I guess, to the team. They look like they're having fun, jump around in the third quarter. I and mean, you wouldn't awesome. have saw that saw that from any Michigan team in the last five years, I don't think. And uh, I will say their their defense looks good. I want to see more. I want to see it against a good offense. I still don't think they've been challenged really with Wisconsin's offense was bad. Maybe Western Michigan was the offensive test. Honestly, it might have been. <laughs> um, so I think we still need to see more from that. Uh, and then offensively, my last thing is uh, they didn't run the ball. As well as normal, Wisconsin's going to stop that. Wisconsin's defense is still good. They, mm-hmm. they stopped the run. So I didn't expect Michigan to be able to run the ball. And I thought they threw the ball okay. I thought Cade missed some throws early in the game that he needed to connect on. And then he made more throws later. As, as the game went on, he seemed to get a little better. Made that big throw on the flea flicker. I thought it was a good ball. But I, I also would like to see more than him, more from him. I don't know if. I mean, I, I might be in the JJ camp. I think he <laughs> But he should be there. He's a five-star guy. He's supposed to be. But maybe but you can't change to him, like Grant said. You can't. Until you lose, you cannot change. You could. They won't. And also, the well, oh, last point I had was uh, I think it's pretty clear that Jim Harbaugh um, this year, I don't think he has as much or he cares to input as much like coaching X's and O's during games as, as maybe he used to. I think he, he's more uh, shut his mouth and like is letting position coaches do their jobs. 
I think he dials up some gross run plays sometimes. I think he still fun. tries to throw in a couple runs here and there, but other than that, I think he's more worried about, you know, tell you what, game management. At least he did. I'm going to go through this game as fast as I can on like a game flow type of way about how like, you know, it played out in my head at least. They went for it on fourth and one on their own 35 to start the game. So I guess when you talk about Jim Harbaugh's impact is I, I've noticed a trend that he like the going for it rate is a lot higher. Like that's aggressive analytics to go for it. Got it. But then the classic, uh, the recurring theme here is a Wolverine uh, friend of the show, Brad texting myself. They went for it on the next fourth and one ran a similar a gap play and got stuff. So not good creativity there. And then, you, you know, you give Wisconsin the ball and like a, gross rock fight on your side of the field to start the game did not look good i think um it's as dumb as it might sound one of the altering plays i would say from the first half was when Cade looked like he was about to take a safety and stepped up in the pocket and i'm watching rewatching it here and found uh blake corum who blake corum truck sticked truck stick 41 of wisconsin who also got hit by his own guy coming in uh, to get a first down because, as you guys know, you don't get out of your own end zone there and it becomes just a possession, field possession game where you're on the wrong end of that. And really a scary punt that could easily a, get blocked. Yeah, or... a scary punt that you're just kicking to Wisconsin, uh, you know, and then they're in good field position all game. But, you know, as, as I zip through here, the play, obviously, that Evan talked about, um, the muffed punt, which is just one of those fluke plays that you just have to capitalize on. And I guess that'd be my nitpicking is where and against an even better team, you know, than Wisconsin in Big Ten season, though it has to be seven points. Similar to how they got lucky, I would say, against Rutgers at the end of the first half, where we talked about Cade missed a layup throw, that has to be seven points. When you get, like, handed a ball, uh, you know, down inside the 20 to start, it has to be seven points. And I think that that's a little concerning. Um, bright spots of the game, like Alex mentioned with the run thing. My only thoughts on the run thing is I'll give one kind of stat i just saw someone throw on twitter i wish i remembered their handle um they did crack over 100 team rushing yards which is is solid it's nothing crazy it's not like you just dominated washington the way they did but i think i'd seen through the first um what this was game five through the first four games wisconsin had only given up 75 total rushing yards combined to all opponents and you throw penn state and Notre name in there so there's not cookie cutters and so the fact that you kind of you know passed their season total they had given up and got to 112 or so rushing yards is a really solid sign i would say um offensively as well roman wilson really impressive game from the sophomore out of hawaii who was kind of built as a track star wide out he made a very impressive catch on an underthrown deep ball. I and I'd love to give Cade credit and say I, he meant to underthrow that. I don't really think he did. Uh, that's like only quarterbacks that are really sweet. Like you watch Aaron Rodgers do that to Devontae Adams. I don't think him and Roman. I, I don't think so. I don't think him and Roman have that type of chemistry. Uh, but the adjustment, the physicalness of he's a shorter receiver to make that grab was huge. And then defensively, I mean, I don't really know. I guess the praise I would heap would just be the defensive line, which was the position group that I was most concerned about going into this year outside of the cornerbacks, um, not the secondary as a whole, but just the defensive line. Everyone, like there's so much four-star and even five-star talent on the defensive line, and you just hadn't seen it materialize under um, previous defensive coordinator's name, Don Brown. Because, uh, you know, they hand in the dirt. Dr. Yeah. Blitz? You I, forgot Dr. Blitz? Is the, the Greg Roman. I need a Dr. Blitz graphic. The Greg the Greg Roman of the of college football. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how much more athletic 
that our defensive linemen look, not our, Michigan's defensive linemen look when they're standing up. Six sacks on the Wisconsin Badgers. Again, you, you can make fair arguments that their offensive line is not as strong as it once was, but still six sacks against a like big, big 10 offensive line is incredible. And they got two, uh, I believe, forced fumbles, at least one forced fumble that was like right after that jump around sequence. That was awesome. Just a great hands play by Ojabo. And the secondary. Now, the bad, I guess, would be, I don't want to call it a fluke because it could definitely happen again. But the fact that Wisconsin went down the field in like 16 seconds to end the half and, and make that 13 to 10. And that's when I believe I texted the group and said, you have to get seven points off of um, the muff. And both of the throws were on, I would say, Michigan's second best defensive player, Daxton Hill. And he was in, in position both times, missed the first throw by an inch, and then just got basically mossed by a solid Wisconsin receiver in the back of the end zone. So then that's when you're like, okay, at halftime, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it was, it was a little dark. It was like, oh, my, they're just going to blow this game um, be, because of that happening. And then, but then on the flip side, you have to give Daxon Hill credit, uh, responded like a five-star recruit should, came out, and I'm not going to praise him for hurting Graham Mertz, but he laid one of the best hits I've seen on a quarterback off a safety blitz uh, and knocked him out of the game, which at the time was kind of funny. I was like, is that actually a bad thing that Graham Mertz is out of the game now for Michigan? Because he wasn't doing a ton. Um, and I think that's a fair argument there. We're like, yeah, if until the, you saw the back, until you saw the backup. Uh, also, as I watched Cade McNamara is just super slow at running. Uh, I can see why they bring JJ McCarthy in for plays. And then Daxon Hill also had an interception in the second half. So it was good to see him make up for the two kind of mosses on him. I also felt like at some point Blake Corum could have gotten concussed in this game. I feel like he got hit like right in the chest and head like a thousand times. And outside of that, really, um, I'm a little worried if we're in the trust tree about the whole two quarterback system, because I've never really seen it work out. It's, it just feels weird and gets people out of flow that you're bringing in. McCarthy to run basically read option plays from what we've seen so far. Like I said, I hope it's more passing. If he starts coming in for passing, then it's he's then you become, got a full on I don't know awkward you know weird competition, and then guys are getting all confused. I don't think you want. I think you want one guy or the other. Yeah, I don't think you want JJ coming in and throwing. Then it's like Kate's gonna be like, "What the bleep?" Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not much of a precedent for it that I've seen really work. So that's alarming. Like I said, to your point, Alex, Cade, I, I felt, I remember feeling just watching the early game that he wasn't the guy, like he it was carrying over from the Rutgers game. But then he did surprise me and step up a lot in the pocket and extend some plays, uh, which was good to see. And like you said, the flea flicker ball, uh, it's as dumb as it sounds, Michigan quarterbacks connecting on deep balls, it still does make me tingle because I'm just like, oh, you don't see that often. So that was good, all positives. And then pretty much the only other thing, Oh, Josh Ross's impact. Uh, he he must have taken a page out of the Michigan State linebacking core. The he, neck he went with the neck roll. I think probably just to support the shoulder was more the reasoning. But it's clear that the defense is more organized. It looks ridiculous. And run stuffing when he's involved. And then the very last thing, like you guys, like Alex briefly mentioned, is is as dumb as it is. I do think an overblown culture changes can be. Is that the jump around thing was sweet? I mean, it, it's no matter how the season goes, like if. If uh, they end up losing, I'm 
uh, like games they shouldn't lose, I am going to be disappointed. I'm going to be sad. But like that was just a good reminder on college football Saturdays. As much as you want to nitpick your team when they show some flaws, just enjoy the moment because that's just like something that you'll look back on in years and be like, remember when they went into Wisconsin after getting embarrassed by them the last two years and curb stomped them at noon in Madison and basically stole their tradition right underneath them. Yeah. Uh, I have a brief final thought. I think you have a lot to learn about Michigan, Michigan State still, and then also Michigan's pants. Well, I'm sure it was cool for Michigan fans to get different pants because I don't think they've ever worn that combination. For some reason, to me, I'm colorblind, so I don't know if maybe that's why. It just didn't look that great for me. It didn't look like it flowed well. I didn't like the blue pants. There. I said it. Against popular opinion. I would say they're least on um, the the rankings of like I said, I would do maze of the best road pants and white than blue. But I like it. Trying it, you know. Something new. They definitely don't take a page out of the state playbook where they hype up the uniform reveal. They just sent out a tweet like two hours before kick. It's like, guess what pants we're wearing today? It just said blue. <laughs> it's like, okay, sweet. Um, but your point about you're saying like our quarterly report where you're like, there's still we still need to learn. Okay, more we have a lot. Like I don't think either team But like when does it stop? When do we just say I don't like I like I, I wanted to declare for this game? I'm not and Michigan's sure. back and they're going to contend this year for the Big Ten East. But then I just feel like I'm setting myself up for failure because I don't know. I just still don't think I know enough about either of these teams. And oh. I don't think we're going to learn it next week either. I don't know if we're going to learn it until they play Ohio State and Penn State. I think that's what it's going to take. Shh. I won't be surprised though. I'll say this, and it may not be much if Any you think other. if you think the Big Ten West is so bad. I wouldn't be su- well. No, they have to play Iowa, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Wisconsin only has one more loss on the year. Like I don't think they're that bad of a team. Obviously, they have to figure out some offensive things, but they just like think about their schedule: Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan. Three out of your four. That that's brutal. Like any fan base would be complaining about that schedule to start the season. So I I, I do think we'll look back, and it won't be like a five to six loss Wisconsin team. It'll probably cap out at around. Four, I'm guessing, because I don't think they'll be Iowa, but they should be able to beat everyone else in the West. I could see them seven and five. Wow. Maybe six and six. I'm not high. Team at six and six. Wow. I don't think they're the second best team in the Big Ten West. Who would be? Uh, I think my answer would surprise you. You're going to say Nebraska because you want to feel better about the Spartans. And I respect that. It's not why. I just (laughs) really think because, you know, people would say, oh, Purdue was really good. Minnesota beat them after losing to Bowling Green. You can do a transit property all you want. I just think Nebraska talent-wise might be the second-best team in the West. I don't think Iowa's going to have any trouble winning the West, though, if that matters. All right. I think Nebraska's way better than everyone thinks. They, well, Iowa proved a lot against Maryland. That was an absolute dropping on a Friday night. Yeah, Iowa's pretty good. Kind of got lost in the shuffle while I was watching two strangers basically make love in Fieldhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. No rumor mill segment of the week. Sorry, Alex. Just based on time brevity. Whole show is sponsored by Codes Apparel, Woodshed Merch. Secretly, I was hoping, like, I was like, what would be the odds of, like, so it somehow got to some of the people that had bought it this quick and I saw them wearing it at Spartan Stadium, but I don't think the first shipments have arrived to people yet. But just so you know, I mean, if you order, I'm not going to guarantee it because, like, it should be there I, by the mission. It should be there by the mission game if you order soon. And I think you might want it for the Woodshed that day. I, uh, I hope both teams are undefeated for that game. Be sweet. Yeah, no doubt, Alex. Well, some, some people want their rivals to lose every game. True. And I, I'm just kind of... There's no shame in that either. Um, all right, football previews, folks. We'll start with Michigan State at Rutgers. Uh, Noon. 
but not the big noon. Not the big noon, the baby noon kickoff. Noon on BTN. Over under 49 and a half points. Michigan State favored by four. At Pis- open at six and a half. At Piscataway, any keys of the game, boys? Evan. Keys of the game. Come out and play like you mean it. Like this game matters. Don't be lackluster at noon when you're on the road. Um, you're going to have to get up like you got up for like the Miami game. Every game matters. We're not as good as we might. We're not the 11th best team in the country. I don't think we are. It's a little too high of a ranking. I disagree. So, I, think, uh, I think Michigan and Michigan State are both top 10 teams in the country. From what I've seen with my eyes. I I just, um, you guys are better than BYU. I I, I won't declare that. I think Mich- Evan, please continue. I think Michigan and Michigan State would each take Cincinnati to the wire. Maybe. And probably win. Maybe. I don't know. I need to see more. I need to see a lot more. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's um, crazy. And then that is crazy. limit turnovers. This is technically, like you could say, like a payback game, you know, because first lost Rutgers last year at home. So just come out, get the ball to your athletes. They're more athletic than Rutgers and prove it on the field. Uh, yeah, my thing is to watch, I guess. Cal Halliday not playing in the first half. Chase Klein entered the transfer portal. It's already uh, going to show itself in this game. So. <laughs> well, who was right? I'm not saying you were wrong, Evan. I just don't know what you wanted them to do. How you wanted them okay, to do can pay them. Back? This is when you insert the clip of Alex saying, good, we don't need them. <laughs> well, uh, in, in that, guys that don't want to be. But also in that, he, in that, he even said, like, sorry, Chase, but Chase Klein's not even a factor transferring. He was more talking about Gervin. Now, egg on your face, it I looks mean, like. Chase Klein played six snaps against Nebraska. I'm not, like, super worried. Uh, you have Noah Harvey, who has a lot of starting experience. Wait, do you guys hear that? By God, that's Ben Van Summers music. <laughs> I was going to say, Van uh, Summers coming in. I wouldn't be shocked if Van Summers started. I, I would not I be shocked. I don't know. Van Summers is more of a crouch backup. He's more of the other linebacker guy. I think it's going to be Harvey or, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Harvey. Ma Oteote is going to play. We might see Ma. Could see Ma. He's going to play a little bit. Uh, yeah, get through the first half. Um Start fast again. You need to start fast against Rutgers, you know, in the rowdy Piscataway crowd. Uh, Rutgers probably going to come out better than they did this week after getting absolutely mollywopped by the Buckeyes. That game was never even breaking news. Ohio State's still good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why anyone would have thought they weren't. Well, I'm not sold. Okay. Um, so start fast. Uh, you're going to see linebackers going to be a key. And then uh, I would like the running game. To, to get going early and often and feed Kenneth Walker. He's your best player on your team. I guess the problem with this game is the Ohio State Rutgers game kind of broke my brain leading into this one where now I don't know what to think about Rutgers. But transitive my, property doesn't matter. My gut, it's not transitive property. It's just simply like <laughs> the result I saw last week. My gut feeling is it's going to be more, it's going to be similar to the Nebraska game, but I don't think it goes OT. Like, I think there's a little bit more gap in it. I, I get the feeling that Rutgers is going to physical up, especially if, after getting their doors blown off. Like, Shiano is going to be up in their face all week at practice, and they're going to be physical. And I think they're going to limit Michigan State's running game. So I think it kind of leans back to what Evan said with the athletes in space is that you're going to have to hit a Jaden Reed post route, deep bomb touchdown, or like a play action across the middle chunk plays to kind of move the ball up and down the field and maybe even another special teams play in this one like i think 
from what I understand of this Rutgers team, was just seen is that they can line up and dare you to dare you to run or dare you to throw is what I should say. Like they have the guys, the defensive linemen to kind of have success. And you're going to notice Michigan State fans, when you watch this game, you're going to look at Rutgers nose tackle and be like, what is that guy doing? They like line them up on 45 degree angles to come at the center. And it is actually very confusing if your offensive line does not have good communication. So just know that. Like, why is that guy not lined up straight forward? Because Greg Schiano has a massive brain when it comes to defense. And the biggest thing in this whole game is that the loser has to get rid of the keep chopping phrase. So, According to you. Yeah. Predictions. Grant. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to lean for on Vegas for this one. Uh, Open at six and a half. State fall into four. minus four because the Rutgers faithful is rich in dropping bags on the spread. Uh, 49 and a half, which is basically a Big Ten football buffet at noon. It's going to be a slow start. It's probably going to be 13 to 10 at the half. And it's probably going to wind up 24 to 18 Michigan State. Tight. And it is a must-win game because of what happened last year. You can't lose two years in a row to Rutgers. You actually get relegated from the Big Ten if this happens. Evan? <laughs> um, first, it's a must-win, and it's as close as possible to the extreme of fire somebody, blame somebody, and like fire somebody is a must-win. You don't lose to Rutgers twice in a row. Um, but I don't see it being as close of a game. I think we're way more athletic than Rutgers. Um, although Ohio State did piss off Rutgers last week, but maybe Ohio State did prove something like how to like just scheme wise or offensive wise, how to stop beat Rutgers. Um, so I miss you State winning 38, uh, 20. Uh, more in the Evan boat. Uh, it's definitely must win. I'm not going to go to the fire. It's going to take a lot for me to ever go to the fire extreme. I'm not. Gonna I'm not go. saying fire. I just say blame somebody, fire someone. I don't. It would yeah, take I'm a actually. Lot I'm gonna. I decide executive decision. I'm gonna change the wording to fire someone upon loss because I think that's much. That lets you go into that category much more freely. I'm so like you find the there. assistant special teams coach. You find like the assistant like offensive line coach, and you just tell him, "Hey, buddy, you're the reason," and you just fire someone. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the must win. I'm not going to go to the fire extent. I will say I think Michigan State is more talented. Um, Rutgers will be decent, I think, in a couple of years, but I don't think they're there yet. I think what we have with the D'Antonio cupboard and then the Mel Tucker transfer cupboard, uh, we still have way more talent than they do. We should not have any issues getting up for this game. We, yeah, Grant, I said we. Should have no issues being ready for this game after the embarrassing seven turnover disgusting. Have you ever been to Piscataway at noon? Lost. I've, I've been there at night. Not me, but I've watched them at night. I think you'd have trouble getting up for the game if you were in Piscataway, New Jersey at noon. They're, they're going to have no issues, I think, getting up. Uh, first, probably real road game. Miami wasn't really in. I guess they played at Northwestern with all Michigan State fans. And then Miami was 60-40. So this might be the first real road game. I don't know how well Rutgers packs it in Piscataway. The birthplace of college football. Uh, but I think Michigan State's a lot better. 31-17. to 17. Nice. Now, to a night game, which has no business being a night game. Scary game. Thanks, Nebraska. I'm scared for you. Is this confirmed a blackout yet? Because they did this against Ohio State as well. I don't know. I can look. No, I haven't seen anything. So, um, but I had no idea who's calling our game. But that game is definitely going to be Kirk and Chris 
the Fowler. Really? Uh, confirmed. Oh, I think they're at noon for Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma, Texas is at noon on Fox, isn't it? It's ABC, I thought. Oh, I did. I guess it did change. No, I, I think they have Oklahoma. No, Gus Johnson calls a Red River game every year. Yes, that game's on Fox. It has to be. Unless they literally changed this year Guys, and then ESPN and got the only Big 12. And Evan's team. never been wrong on like this. But is he wrong? He's never been. It'd be a first. It'd be stunning. It's on ABC. At noon. It is on ABC. And I bet that's oh, wow. Kirk and Chris are going to stay back-to-back weeks. They're going to stay for a noon game. You know, and that's good for them because they don't need to be traveling that much, especially with COVID. I think Gus is going to be on the Penn State-Iowa game. That would make sense. Mm. That would make yeah. a lot of sense. Oh, you know what? There's probably a noon Fox playoff baseball game on on Saturday. That's why this whole playoff baseball is just going to mess everything up. So then Fox. it's going to be McDonough because they're not going to send McDonough to BYU. Yeah, I think you'll get McDonough. You hope. I hope. So Joe Tessitore. Ugh. All right. I'll be on mute. We had another wedding. Michigan is minus three and a half at Nebraska, if you haven't figured that out. Looks like a red out. Over under 53 points, so not really a Big Ten buffet. Uh, they like the offenses. In a little one. Big Ten delivery or Big Ten catering, not the buffet. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I first of all, I can't wait for because michigan michigan state twitter should just give themselves a hand for just the chirps back and forth the digs like which is what we want out of a rivalry some people it's are like, unbearable people are like why can't you just enjoy your team's win because it's a rivalry and they don't like each other so they like to chirp but this like i just can't wait for the overreactions even if both teams win like comfortably they could be like oh because these are both teams the other team has played so this is this in one way could be a the best measuring stick we have so far well because this podcast does not believe in the transitive property i do no we stated that we don't no i do no we don't don't speak for me we don't no i do no we don't okay you can say one thirds doesn't then check with evan to see if he does evan do you agree with the transitive property by a hundred percent follow the transfer property. You have to see common opponents in the way that they match up. Thank you. You have to do it. Like well, I, that's a little bit. I'm not to the... Yeah, I, I don't do like, oh, uh, the FCS team that beat this team, then that team beat that's that really team. I don't do that. No, I don't follow that. That doesn't make sense. My thing is, like, I'm not saying just, okay, so Michigan's going to beat Nebraska by six. We only beat them by three. I'm not saying, oh, Michigan's better than Michigan State solely that's because of that. What I was saying. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say that Northern Illinois would keep it uh, a field goal game with Clemson because Georgia Tech beat Cle- almost beat Clemson. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. Although, maybe they could because Clemson stinks. Uh, anyways. Big win for Clemson. This game, I guess I would think that what I saw with my eyes of Nebraska against Michigan State, it's really the only game I'm going to base this off of because uh, I didn't see any of the Northwestern. I just saw they blow them out, but Northwestern stinks so bad, so that doesn't even surprise me. Nebraska is going to probably present a similar challenge that Wisconsin did, but I don't think their run defense is as good, but probably similar tier. So it's going to be another game where you need to expose Nebraska in their secondary, which I think can be done because I think edge-to-edge speed, Michigan will have an advantage in this game. What this game will probably ultimately come down to is the discipline of Michigan's front seven. I know for a fact that they're going to get pressure on Adrian Martinez 
all night. They definitely should. Uh, I watched Michigan State do it. I've seen Nebraska fans talk about just the amount of pressure their offensive line gives up. I'm pretty sure they have a freshman left tackle playing. He's terrible. Um, Michigan is going to feast on that. Now, here's where the, the discipline, the big old D word comes into play. You have to break down your hips and not get juked out of your shoes like Ben Van Summeren when you try to tackle Adrian Van Martinez. So, it's like rush with your hair on fire and then stop and contain him. I guess contain could be another word. And then you have to rely on, now here's the thing where it could hurt. Josh Ross uh, is not Covarius Crouch. Both good linebackers, different skill sets. Crouch runs really fast. Josh Ross, not so fast. So you almost need to spy and contain Adrian Martinez, in my opinion, with either your ends and rely on them. And which I like having Aiden Hudson on the team I root for in that situation because he probably is he's very fast like he like martinez will try to make a move or you know run away and he's shown that he can lay out and catch up with those quarterbacks i wouldn't hate if daxton hill or maybe we see more mike barrett at this game some more speed guys that can still lay the lumber on the run support that can spy a qb um that can go sideline to sideline with adrian martinez so maybe that's a factor i don't really anticipate nebraska scoring many points in this football game uh from everything i've seen so far the big question again uh, is can Michigan's offense can keep that momentum going of finding creative ways to score and do play calling when their run game is not just, uh, you know, like against Washington. That's my analysis. I'll start with... Cunt. Yeah, Michigan's going to... Win by a thousand. Have to have a disciplined tackling effort. Uh, you got to wrap up, like you said. Adrian Martinez, shifty. Shoot the guns, win the game. Um, sideline to sideline speed for the linebackers is going to be very important. Again, like you mentioned. Thank you. You just Yeah, just read off my points again because they were so good. I think Nebraska's defense is legit. I think it's good. Um, I'm not saying it because they played well against Michigan State. Yes, you uh, are. They did it against Oklahoma, too. Uh, I think they actually have a lot of talent all over the field on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's just a matter of coaching with them. Discipline. They don't have any discipline. They uh, Their special teams is terrible. I think that's going to be a huge swing in this game again. A.J. Henning had another solid punt yeah, return against I Wisconsin. Think, uh, Nebraska will have to figure it out on special teams and have a chance. Uh, one thing I'll say about their offense, they had almost 700 yards of offense against Northwestern. I know it's Northwestern and Northwestern stinks, but that is a gaudy number to have that many. Good points. use of the word gaudy. 427 rushing yards, nine yards of play. Um, so I think this game's going to be close, like uh, like Vegas said. And Nebraska tonight, this is probably going to be rowdy. It's a little bit of a, a trap game for Michigan coming off the big win at Wisconsin. So I'd be a little nervous if I was a Michigan fan. I think Nebraska's defense is as good as Wisconsin's. Um, I would say for this passing game, what's quarterbacks going to make the de- definite throw or make more throws that matter? Um, I think both teams are actually surprised to be able to run the ball a little bit more than you think. We're more of a zone blocking team. Michigan State is. Michigan's more of a man-on-man. I'm going to run it down your throat uh, running team. But Nebraska, you'd be like, oh, we can stop Nebraska's run. But Nebraska's the speed triple option, 2021 speed option team. So they're going to get their yards. And then the quarterback, when you're not accounting for your quarterback to get rushing yards, and he's going to have – 50 to 70 rushing yards. It always hurts the rushing stats. Um, but I think it's going to come down to quarterback play. Um, and then who doesn't turn the ball over? Nebraska is known to turn the ball over. In big spots. Um, Baby hands Martinez. Has, 
still yet to pack these tournament ball over. I don't think they had a tournament against Wisconsin. Um, so I think that's, but I th- do think it's going to be closer than people think. Um, I don't know about the three and a half spread, but I do see one possession, just over one possession game. I don't think it's going to get as ugly as like the Wisconsin game. Must yeah. win meter grant and prediction. Not yet. Evan brought two, said two things here that really sparked my brain that I think are good additions. Uh, yes, Michigan did get their first turnover out of the way. The transfer star of Alan Bowen came in, threw a pass right into a linebacker's chest on a slant route. So that is done. So I that, didn't see that play. That, oh, that was when the TV got turned off. No, no. I, yeah, I'm not expecting you guys to have seen it. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of good that that jinx is out of there. But I still stand by that the starters will probably never turn the ball over the whole year. Um, now, Evan, with the rushing, the speed option, I didn't even really think about that. But that is something that's very sweaty to game plan for the week. Hear me out. Theory that I, I think could actually have some merit here is that Mike McDonald's experience at the Ravens having to go against a Lamar Jackson type quarterback every single day in practice could be beneficial here. I know that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens don't really run like the college speed option, but they do run a lot of read option, a lot of where you, a guy has to be assigned to the quarterback, a guy has to be assigned to the potential pitch man or the running back. I would like to think like as opposed to Donnie Brown, Dr. Blitz drawing up plays against the speed option, that Mike McDonald's modern style can have these guys dialed in on their assignments because that's going to be huge. I better not see one pitch man left wide open. If you get juked out by Martinez on a fake pitch, I can live with that because guys will be flowing that way. Do not leave the pitch man wide open. I want someone to... Bl- I want. I envision Daxon Hill blowing up the pitch man as the ball arrives and then someone's Vincent Gray will give him a redemption scoops and scores for a touchdown in this game. And then they showed Nebraska fans just depressed. And also how about the Wisconsin fan, that sassy girl flipping off the crowd. That was one of the funniest clips I've seen from college football this year. I want to recreate that in Nebraska. And if they do them some stupid fourth quarter song, I want to steal that as well. I'd be a fraud if I said it wasn't fire every someone upon a loss because this like Michigan state Rutgers is the, Keep chopping bowl. This is the head coaching bowl. Overrated, famed alumni coach gets fired the next morning bowl. That's what I've said from the season. It's been the joke of that, like the loser of this game gets fired the next morning. Um, I don't actually think that would happen for Michigan at this point because they're five and zero. That could actually happen for Nebraska. That's not exaggeration. There's a world where. And I just want to get some good vibes. I looked up when Ohio State came to Nebraska at the night game, the blackout, 48-7 to on their head. I don't think Michigan's going to do that. But I'm saying if there's a score that's a crooked number like that, Scott Frost might not have a job on Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday morning. Now, we don't talk about another man's job, but he might not have one if this happens. So we'll see. I do like that they played very well against Northwestern. Um, I, I, I would be more scared if they came off a tough loss or something like that. My prediction will be, hmm, I want to get this right. I don't know how right I've been throughout this year, year, but I want to get this one right. I think Michigan is going to win this football game 38 to 14. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I like, don't, I disagree. Like, and that's why we have a successful podcast. Yeah, I think you're just really. <laughs> Probably drinking the Kool Aid too much after the Wisconsin game. It tastes good. I'm sure it does. <laughs> it tastes so I, I good. I think you're over. I got blue raspberry Hawaiian in my veins. Evan, um, must win meter. I think it's a must win. Um, you're in the thick of it. You're five and zero. You've already got two Big Ten wins, and now this would just be a letdown. So it's a must win. 
Um, soft must win because you saw the rest of the game in front of you. So soft must win. Um, but I think it's going to be close. I have Michigan 30, Nebraska 24. Solid. I would go must win. Also, I am in the camp that this is going to be a close game. I think the, the atmosphere at Nebraska will be rowdy. There's desperation in that program. I'm not picking them to win, though. So I'll go 31 for Michigan and uh, 27 for Nebraska. And then a little uh, deeper analysis. I think Michigan is losing with a couple minutes left in score to take the lead late. I don't my heart can handle that. I, I think that that's what you should be preparing for. It's going to be a cakewalk. They stink. Yeah. I'll stand by Nebraska stinks. <laughs> I can't walk back now just because of a couple crooked numbers they put up against Northwestern. It's not that. I mean, you you just try to tell us that Michigan State's a top ten team in the country. They are. Well, but Nebraska every should every should beat us. Every Nebraska, aka blind squirrel, finds a nut every now and then, puts together a good game. I don't hold. They could have beat Oklahoma. No, the Oklahoma stinks. Michigan, Michigan State are better than Oklahoma. If Michigan well. and Oklahoma played on a neutral field right now. I'm taking Oklahoma. If Michigan State played Oklahoma, I take. Oklahoma and I'm taking that bet time. and taking your money to the bank. Okay. I'm t- right now. We can get like a, just briefly big picture. There's only two teams I fear in college football, and it's Alabama and Georgia. And I think everyone else is in the same pot. You look at the top ten. That's I not don't, saying much, but yeah, that's what. But that's why it's like what everybody we, should stop playing college football the rest of the year because it's georgia or alabama's and that's it yeah and like as impressive as i will take them to maryland i would take michigan michigan state in a tight game versus any of them like i no one's unbeatable like the only teams i think are unbeatable for our two schools in this state are alabama and georgia and that's it everyone else is I, honestly hand up i fear georgia more than i fear alabama their front seven's ridiculous like you look at the teams in front we'll just start we'll include byu Whatever. Obviously, they could lose all these games. Oregon, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Penn State, Iowa. Like, I think all toss-ups, probably. Yeah. Well, Penn State's a fraud. They're the biggest fraud. No one likes James Franklin. But I'm saying, like, Michigan... I would was, still wouldn't take Michigan State in most of those games. But I would expect it to be, like, a competitive football game. I would hope. I'm sure we'd get blown out by one of those teams. No, I know they'd all and be we might get blown out by one of those teams still. Michigan, Michigan State would be Oklahoma. <laughs> we are sleeping on the Buckeyes in the East. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, Ohio State's still winning the Big Ten. That's without question. Maybe. I think, All right, just one more question. I think the quarterback stinks. So we're five games in now. Michigan is ranked in the top ten. They are ranked higher than Talk the Ohio State nice. Buckeyes. Right now, Michigan and Ohio State play. Where's it at this year? It's at Ohio State. In Columbus. If they would play next week. Wait, we- I actually don't know. I think they're Ohio State. Wherever they're playing, if they were playing next week, would you take Michigan to win the game? Yes. Mm. Oh, it's in in, in Ann Arbor. You take the, you would take him because they dodged him last year. Evan, you I assume I'm, I'm taking Ohio State. Yeah, same. Just I'll wanted to see where we're at. Five games in, I already can tell that Grant, when that game happens, regardless of what happens leading up to it, is going to convince himself that Michigan's going to win. I put my flag in the ground about C.J. Stroud, and I told you guys from the first show we even saw a snap, they're going to be more vulnerable this year because of their freshman quarterback. And I still think he's kind of a fraud. Yeah, he had to do a five-touchdown game against Rutgers. Sweet. Yeah. Worry about Nebraska, though. Exactly. I'm not even thinking. You asked that question. Eyes on Nebraska. You guys still think you guys still think that Michigan State's being Penn State if they play tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. I don't believe in them at all. Who have they beat? John Clifford's a fraud. He has empty stats. They beat Wisconsin, who we've seen isn't that good, and they beat Auburn. 
at home in a whiteout. I'm the glad we're I'm glad we're all on the same page with being ready for games tomorrow that we our teams would win. Now, if you said the same thing for Ohio State, I'm thinking Ohio State. Yeah, if you said Ohio State's traveling to Spartan Stadium tomorrow, everyone's 100 healthy. I'm taking Ohio State by at least 21. I was going to say 17. So yeah, I'm, I'm in that boat. I'd say 10. So you take Michigan over Michigan State by 10 right now? No, you Seven. don't do the, you don't do the transitive property. Seven? <laughs> if Michigan Michigan State played tomorrow, Michigan would win by three or less. All right, you're really high on Spartans. They're a good football team, like a really well coached good football team. And I there's not, not many of those in college that. football. Not ready to say it yet. I'll say it because if it backfires, then I was like, oh, well, I guess I was wrong. Whoop-de-doo. I just don't think I can believe it yet. What? I, I don't know. I just I don't. just don't want to get stuck on it. But like at some point, like I was thinking after those I know I have like, to commit at some point to this team is good. But I under- I'm not ready to. I, but then I was like thinking, I was like, do when we were going through win-by-win predictions of the year and what I watched last year, it was like they're 5-0. and They beat Washington and Wisconsin were two W teams that I thought probably would be losses potentially going into the year, and they smacked them both around. It's like, this team's good. They're here. Michigan State's the same. They went into Miami and absolutely took their stadium from them and have beat what? Was, who was the second? Oh, Nebraska and Northwestern. Yeah. If we handle Rutgers on Saturday, I will probably be full commit, and it's Rutgers. And that's the best thing for our show because the crash landing is going to be the best. That's going to be the best episode. Ever. I'm not looking for the crash. I'm not ready. I I predicted in the beginning of the year that the uh, crash landing was one of these next two games. So. I can't wait. Um, Just don't be Rutgers. All right. To really close out the show. The Lions. Lions and Vikings. Vikings minus seven. I'll um, take Vikings at the points. 1 p.m. Fox. Um, both teams coming off of disgusting losses. X's and O's wise. Same thing. Scheme TJ Hawkinson open. <laughs> DeAndre Swift 75% of snaps Dalvin Cook goes crazy on the ground for Minnesota because we can't stop the run I just have no interest in it like it's just lines are dying I want to fake put together things for the people but that'd be disingenuous like I Swift I don't care give him the ball put Jared Goff five wide and let him work I wish the Lions had like a sweet young quarterback like Michigan does. So if things go wrong we at least have something to look forward to but we don't because we didn't draft Justin Herbert and we didn't take a chance on Justin Fields. Yeah, sucks. Lions. Evan, I want to win the game. It's all right. Our quarterback is uh, playing in North Carolina. He won last week. He's uh, playing next still week on that too. train. I don't yep. know yet. I, I will die on that train until it happens. Um, Vikings minus seven at Vikings. Um, I'll take the Vikings. I think both these teams are not very good, but I think the Vikings are a little bit better. You're going to hear the ah. Oh, I can't even do it. The bu- the Buell horn. You're gonna hear that all night after. I love shows. that horn. Or all night. <laughs> Viking true? Stadium. Uh, give, give me that again, Evan. Yeah. Give me <laughs> Shout out US Bank Stadium. It's a pretty cool place. I, I have been there. Look nice on the outside, man. Yeah, Evan was supposed to be in there. You know, the crazy thing about that stadium is it kills a lot of birds because it's all glass windows outside, and they just run into that thing all day. Outside of the stadium, it's kind of a good it's kind of a good metaphor for the Lions on Sunday. Outside of that stadium, it looks like just like a giant ship. It doesn't look like it should be in Minnesota. I'll tell you that. No, honestly, down while we're on this downtown uh, Minneapolis, it's pretty cool, pretty awesome place. All right, little little travel Minnesota plug there. Yep, Evan and I enjoyed ourselves until we didn't. Predictions. It's uh it's a Vikings win. It's thirty-five to seventeen. Purple people eaters. 
This is uh, Kurt Cousins starting in your fantasy lineup. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Maybe start Madison. Start Tyler Conklin. Conklin. Start the whole Vikings offense. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, this game's not going to be close. Lions suck real bad. Real, real bad. I'll go, uh, what'd you say? 35 17. I'll go 38 13. Is this the one where we win, though? No, I think this is "Eh." the one where we get really pounded and we're like, wow, we suck. Um, I'll go 33 24 Vikings. Take the Lions. I'm not taking the Lions. I'm sorry. I'm taking Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson's better wide receiver than what we have. Dalvin Cook can be a better running back than uh, Ed Swift. What? My, my must-win meter is uh, not expecting to win. Okay, I'm low-key think they could win. <laughs> I haven't used that one. I don't remember all the things, but I'm, uh, I'm not expecting, expecting to, to lose. Low-key think they could win 50-50, must-win, fire someone mm-hmm. upon a I loss. think I'm in the low-key category. This could be, though, <laughs> not that I think they should win. This could be a fire someone upon a loss. Like, you know how we fired our special teams coach last year at some point? This could be like just get The some, worst firing of all time in line. The actual history. only good coach we had, I think. Yeah, I don't think so, he was a nice guy, though. Whatever. I, I don't care, care if he was a nice guy. We're not here to make friends. We're here to win football. So you're the red. He was trying to get lose. us to win the football game. I kind of feel of the low key. Like that's maybe, what I'm saying. Like this would be a game. We seem to beat Minnesota all the time. Man, playing twice a year though. No, I'll go expecting to lose. Kirk Cousins is going to carve up our secondary. He's elite. Um, <laughs> Highest pass yeah, rate in the NFL. Loss. Till today, Kirk Cousins is elite. Grant, he's pretty good. I would never use that word. Would you take Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff right now? Don't. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, God. Exactly. But like, Jared, you would not take Jared that, Goff. That's a bet. That doesn't help your argument. James Winston or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Joe Burrow or Kirk Cousins? Ooh. Joe Burrow. Hi, Joe Burrow. Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins? Both have one playoff game. I'll take Cousins. I think those are actually the best count. Those guys are about the same. No, I have the really good last one. But none of these guys are elite. So that's all I I'm saying. I have a good last one. Okay. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr. Send in the car. I still lead Kirk Cousins. I think you put Derek Kirk Carr. Pretty, pretty if you put good. Derek Carr on the Vikings, he probably would have found some more success. He'd probably throw a lot more picks, too. So? You can still win football games with picks. I watched Patrick Mahomes do it today. Mac Jones or Kirk Cousins? I think they're very Kirk good. Cousins. I'll take Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Although, I would. I would bank on the Buccaneers. Right I would now, bank so. on Mac Jones's career probably ending up. The Buccaneers are not doing what I need them to do. Okay, I don't think Kirk Cousins. He's definitely not a top ten quarterback in the NFL, and I would have to really sit down and do a list to see if he cracks top fifteen. And if he did, he'd be like fifteenth. They have a big play for uh, Antonio Brown. I'm the only one that gives Kirk Cousins credit for his road win at New Orleans. That was sweet. Because I, I watch every snap, don't forget it. But the, also, though, Drew Brees couldn't throw a ball five yards downfield. I do have one interesting question, I guess, for actual like, diehard Lions fans that still want to think thoughts on the team. What week does it get to where we question 0-17? Uh, eight. Mm, double digits. Double digits. I go week eight. The bye week's at nine. The bye week feels right. Yeah. The week before. Oh, it's double digits. If we're uh, supposed to get to double digits, then you question it. If we're defeated going into the bye week and I haven't seen any reason to believe, then I'm going to. I don't want to scare you guys, but like I'm just saying here, like I had penciled in, I think I had us having three wins. I penciled in the Bengals being one. I no longer think that is like a shoe in. That's probably your best chance. We're going to win a game. So it's at Vikings. Let's just, let's just hypothetically to get to the bye week nine, because that's when panic happens. At Vikings. Ow. Versus Bengals. 
That's going to be my 50-50 category meter, but I'm going to go L. At Rams, ginormous loss. They're going to put up a 50-burger, and Stafford's going to be running all over hole and then up and down the field. From, now, this is a roller coaster team, but from what I saw this week, home versus the Eagles. Loss. They're way can beat them. Could. We could. Loss. Could. And then you're sitting 0-8 at the bye week, and you're like, oh, my God, I would give me the first and 0 You're going to lose to the Packers again. I and think they're going to well, beat then, the Bears at home. Then you get at Steelers, at Browns, two L's. Ah, Steelers. Yeah, you could beat the Steelers. Steelers are not very good. Not at the Steelers. They're, these are still like Mike fired before that game. Evan, you know what? Those are – no, he's not. Those Juju yes. – Mike Tom would not get fired by that point. The guy's uh, never gone under 500. Based well, on the right now, and they're not looking resident you know what? experts. They thought he was getting fired. Here we go. If they fire Mike Tomlin, I would fire Dan Campbell that day and hire Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's not that good of a coach. Yes, he is. He, he has no decorum in his locker room. That's why two of the best players offensively have left that locker room. He's proven Dude, to they're, win, though. They're good. He's good. He's a fantastic. So it's the organization. It's I think he's a top set, top five coach in the NFL. Top seven. Oh wow, we are off topic, but. I don't think I'm giving him top five. Why not? Because I'm going Andy Reid's in my top five. Sure. Uh, probably put... Bill Belichick. Bill. Yeah, I thought that was obvious. Sean Payton. I put Sean Payton. I probably put John Harbaugh. Sean McVay. Pete Carroll. Yeah, I would McVay. say I would take Mike Tomlin over John Harbaugh. And, you know, maybe Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Too early. Cliff Kingsbury's in my top five. No, he's not. Um, Mike Tomlin is not top five. Evan, can you get Luke in the room? Would you? Would you? Would you fire? Would you fire? Would you fire? We need it right now. Would you fire Dan Campbell? Oh, and seventeen. No, fire Dan Campbell to get Mike Tomlin. No, he's not a good coach. I would not. Dude, you guys are. I'm gonna. I would. I'm gonna have to go do it into the lab and bring you a bunch of Mike Tomlin stats for the next podcast because this is. I I have to defend my organization. He his beginning of his career. He backpacked off of what Bill Collar already built. And you know what? He did a great job doing it. He's a Super Bowl champion. 146 and 79. I need you to go. Dude, he's never gone below 500 as a head coach. Yes, I can hear you. Can Luke hear me? No, he cannot hear So you're going to ask for me. Uh, Just ask Luke if... We're we're debating right now. Question number one is if... What was you say? Would Mike Tomlin get... Is Mike Tomlin going to get fired this year when they suck? Could could you see Mike Tomlin getting fired halfway through the year if you guys are sucky? No, he said no. I wish I wish he would, but no. There's no accountability there. Okay, so just for the podcast listeners, Luke is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Now, next question, Evan, and last question: yeah. uh, If you were the Lions, would you fire Dan Campbell to hire Mike Tomlin? If you could, it would, if it was if you're a Lions fan and Mike Tomlin's a free agent, would you fire Dan Campbell to hire Mike Tomlin? Absolutely. <laughs> And then is, last question. Is Mike top, top five coaching NFL right now? No. All right, who's who's ahead of him? Yeah, name the who's top, who's top five. five. We want you to name the top five. <laughs> In no order. Andy Reid, McVay, Bruce Arians. No, Bill Belichick. <laughs> he has to say Bill Belichick. Belichick. There it is. Pete Carroll. Okay. Ask him who's a better coach, John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin? Who's a better coach, John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin? John Harbaugh. Damn it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Luke. I'm a pro. Say Grant, Grant's pro Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Grant is pro Mike Tomlin, so that's what we were debating. I was against it. <laughs> <laughs>
you didn't back up your no accountability point, but I would, I mean, I would say never under 500. Feels good. I don't know. You did fire a coach that went nine and seven, so. We didn't do that. Uh, Also, maybe we should get into this at the end of the season. Can the Ford sell the team or what? They're not going to. It's big money. Dude, that was, that was beat. That was them booing Sheila like that. Sheila did nothing wrong. Sheila had nothing to do with it. Sheila's not the owner. Like, no, and she got she at least got Calvin to midfield to like do a ceremony, better than anything else, anyone else can say. Calvin that. hates them, but he at least came back to Ford Field. I don't know, man. Can I end the podcast with one spicy question? Yeah, and it's just a yes sure. or no with no explanation. Oh, I hate doing that though. Yep. No explanation huh. right now. Deal. Pending all of the investigations, would you trade two first round picks for Deshaun Watson today? No. He's pending the investigation. You don't know anything. It's just, would you trade two first-round picks right now, today, for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> yes. No, I wouldn't. Yes, I would. <laughs> See, today, I, no, I wouldn't. I would roll the dice. This team sucks. No, nope, no. And you have to cut golf. No, ex- yeah, sure. See ya. No explanation, though. <laughs> you have a golf jersey. You bought a golf jersey. I did it for the people. At yeah, the you're end. a loser. I didn't think he'd be that bad. I'm wrong. He sucks. His hands are the size of a baby. We should make a Jared Goff baby hands graphic. No, I will not do that to our leader. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, God, it'd be so funny with just his little hands. Alex made the... Uh... Also, our podcast is rated as explicit, but we bleep out the swears. <laughs> yeah, we're for the kids. Um, at shot of MS on every social media platform, even TikTok now, which is going to the moon. Twenty two thousand views on the last. Twenty two thousand eyeballs saw. Eighteen thousand on the one before that. How many more power rankings posts will people get sick of it? That was the real question. Uh, Who cares? Statistics: We went seventeen point two thousand to twenty two thousand. So I think they love them, and they're going to continue to increase until we get to one point one million. Get it on the ground floor by either advertising with us now or buying all of our merch, so you can sell it for a profit later in life when it's a collectible. Now, when we're the next Joe Rogans, and you can just sell signed things of us. I'll sign your woodshed shirt at Michigan Michigan State weekend if you put one in my face. You don't want that. Grant's signature is gross looking. No, I have a Z on the end of my name. It looks sweet. Other than that, how to listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You know the drills on those. Just share the link with a friend. Timestamps, timestamps, timestamps. Another long two-hour bomb for you guys that can last you your whole week. Because, you know, if I was a listener of this podcast, I'm not going to tell people what to do. I would listen to the recaps like Monday and Tuesday and then listen to the previews like Wednesday and Thursday. That'd be ideal. You know, get yourself ready through the whole week. Um, But as long as you listen, we don't really care how you do it. And then subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff. Leave a review. Rate and review five stars. Please do not review if you're not leaving five stars. Humbly ask that. Shout out to the Just, one person who gave a one star review with no explanation. Yeah, probably. How are we going to get better with that? Probably. Uh, well, now we're getting another one star review for that. Probably did that. And then submit any questions you'd like answered. Don't forget that, you know, we come up, we kind of have a flow of the show with the recaps and previews. But if you're like a Michigan State, Michigan, or a Lions fan, you're just like, Hey guys, like, what do you think about this specific play in this game? Or what do you think about the swag of this player? Like, you know, Valks' fanboy swaggy meter. It can be any question. It doesn't even have to be sports. It could be anything. It'd be like, what's the purpose of life? It could be any single thing that you want answered. Please ask it either like through email or through any of the social media platforms. Um, as always, that is the end of the show. Cheers to 
episode 40. Wow, crazy to say out loud. Episode 40. And my, I guess my fun cheers is to both the teams in the state of Michigan being top 10 college football teams in the country. Cheers to my alma mater and my football team to being title now. I will not. Cheers to spooky season. Pumpkin spice latte. I like that, Evan. We needed that. <laughs>